right, we good, we good. Yeah, great mask though. I appreciate you coming with that on. I think it totally adds something to the whole character of Exoskeleton. And I say Thank that because it's so cool. It's a it's it's a pleasure to have you here, honestly. Like um just so that everyone knows, my name is Holden Stefanroy and this is Bridge the Gap. This is the show where we take very interesting people like Mr. Exoskeleton over here and we run through their lives and we have conversations and we learn knowledge nuggets and we try to try to grow together through the experience of hearing what different people have gone through in their own experiences. With that being said, Mr. Exoskeleton is a relatively um, mysterious character, uh, as in it's uh, not simple to find out like specific informations on him. On the other hand, his music's blessed, his art's blessed, the beats are blessed, the music videos are blessed. Yes, I did list all those things because all those things are all part of it. And he's a freelancer it's the very first thing he like tells me just to let you know that you know in case you need some of that shit done you can hit up the exoskeleton and get that shit paid you know just send him some cash you get some quality work life is a beautiful situation and on that note though it is super great to have you here and we can now solve some of the mysteries that some of us have developed over the last two hours of who is exoskeleton it's just, man, it's a lot. This is going to be very fun and interesting because I was looking at when you interviewed Sir Tizzy and just the, the questions and the in-depth. And I'm sitting back like, holy shit, this is going to be me. And I'll be preparing myself. I'm like, I'm digging in my own mind's milk crate. Like, wait a minute, this, 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 this. Like, ah, I'm a stumble, but damn, it's going to be good. <laughs> that's awesome but that, that's cool though to me that's encouraging to me um it's like it's kind of like nice to be at a point where it's like people are like yo i did that homework i came in knowing what to expect i'm like yo that's awesome that's just better than yeah. the opposite which not not to be like rude but if you're like the shit's that long and i'm like oh you didn't google me at all all right let's go <laughs> um right but uh i do have my like token first question i like to run through with everyone because i mean it's actually just a, a fun to hear the way people answer so i keep asking it's a little bit of a story we're gonna run through it um so ba basically my girlfriend is washing the dishes one time and she's listening to that black eyed peas sound that i got a feeling Ooh. and then like she's like dancing and she's like doing her shit and she's like whatever whatever and i'm thinking yo Remember how, like, 10 years ago, when we were, like, in our early 20s, we were at the club in the circles dancing to that very song, getting drunk, fucking wasted, all that shit. And I'm sitting there going, hold up. That was once upon a time to club music. And now it's the mom exercise music. It could be exercise, whatever. Sometimes I say to mom music, they get mad, whatever, I understand. But it's the vibe and the activity and the getting stuff done and the chores and all of this shit. And I went, autumn club bangers today? These things are going to be chores music of the future absolutely because why wouldn't they be yeah, the exactly. same people are going to turn 30 something and then we want to do dishes and listen into their club music in the future that's just what happens but then i was like True. yo music's really attached to these vibes and these moments and things but then i realized 
when we think about our own musical journeys, we often start at this point when we come into the picture and we start making decisions and stuff, but that's not really like the start of the journey, right? So the start of the journey kind of rolls it way back to when you're like super young. I don't know, I pick five arbitrarily, but around that era of being really young and it's really the vibes of like your parents doing chores or siblings or the radios or whatever it is. Like in my case, my dad had all these Led Zeppelin tapes and rock and all that kind of shit going on, whereas my mom was into these disco tapes and whatnot and then like in the car we ever had Krista Berg there for some reason and like just different sounds and different things it was tapes and radios for me that was the whole like universe and whatnot so I was curious for you though what was it like to be like a young like five-year-old exoskeleton exolint producer whatever one of the names you want to go with <laughs> um, when you were that young <laughs> what, what was like the sounds like what was the tech like what was it like being young and what was the soundscape of your existence Oh man, five year old exoskeleton. <laughs> so my father, like, I come from a huge family. Like my father, he had five to six brothers, and his father before him had like five to six brothers. So it was like routine. I had four brothers, so he had five sons. So our household consisted of, as far as music. Like he, he was a singer. So we talking about Delaphonics, Dramatics, Temptations, um, Teddy Pendergrass, okay. OJs, literally like the list goes on, like um the blue notes, you know, he him and his brothers, they had a singer group. They used to open up for the Dells and the Temptations, they done, you know, had their version of a cipher where they would all be singing and you know, blowing notes and stuff like that. Like the street corner, I'm quartet. Like they you know what they say in the hood. So it consisted of that. Of course, Black Belt Theater, comic books, cartoons, like DC, X-Men, Captain America, all that. Super Friends, you know, um, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Robotech, Speed Racer. Like, all, like the list literally, literally goes on. So at five, you know, a year prior to that, I had just start, started drawing my, my younger brother, well, my oldest brother, my apologies, my oldest brother, um, Tretch. Well, Demetrius, what we call him, Tretch or Doc. He was drawing and he would pull me up, you know, I have a piece of paper with some, you know, like the notebook paper and stuff like that. He was showing me how to draw. He would draw something and I would like happy behind him and stuff like that. So by the time I was five, I, was, yeah, I felt like I was getting a little bit more dependent, but he was still, you know, carrying me on. I'm still picking up from him. And the, the one thing that everybody had to know how to draw, which is kind of felt like an a unwritten rule, was between Batman and, well, at that time, it was just Batman, to be honest with you. And, like, stick figures. Stick figures was, like, a big plus in the, in the household at that time. So stick figures and Batman. Um, I do, I think, I distinctly remember moving at that time from the east side of Baltimore, which is where I'm at currently, all the way to the west. And by the time I got there, yeah, it went from, I mean, it was a household and it was like four to five different families in there. So we got me, my two my two older brothers, my younger brothers. So at this time, it was four of us. And 
it's us, my aunt, her kids, my other aunts, their kids, my uncles. It was like, I, I want to say it had to be like a good 14, 15 heads in there plus. And it was. Man. You're, like, you're like five when, you, when this happens, like in that young age. Mm-hmm. With like that many people in the house. <clears throat> yeah. That's yeah. serious. Crew deep, man. Crew deep, man. And the one thing that I do distinctly remember was music being a very important part in, in my family. Because like, like I said, my father, he was part of the same. So that was something that, that traveled with him. You know, between the music and the art. Those are the two main things that I gravitate towards. Of course, the gaming. You know, I was a gamer. So that that, that was going to happen. But the, the music and the art was like the main things. So like when, so you were already drawing when you were really young. At that point, did you mm -hmm. also have interest in creating music because your dad was doing it? Because that's like a little different than most of us. Most of us aren't sitting there with parents who are actively creating. So usually, you know, you look up to it, you see it happening. Was that something you wanted at that age or did that come like later on? So the music came like super late on. The yeah. art, to be honest with you, which is wow, the art actually came later on too. Because even though I was drawing, my interest runs it there. Mm. So you, you got, you got, you got to think. You know, I'm like, I'm like five. You know, drawing in my head, I'm like, what? So disclaimer, and a lot of people don't know this piece of information. I'm about to throw out that I didn't want to draw, and I didn't want to be a musician. I either wanted to be a damn fireman or. My favorite magician was David Cottonfield. I wanted to be a fucking magician. Like, I want to do magic. I want to make bitches disappear and shit. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to. No, I, I, with that. Be <laughs> no, I remember being young and discovering magic and being like, nah, that's ill. And then you grow up and find out most people don't necessarily agree with you, which is sad because magic, yo, Penn and Teller is bullshit, or not the bullshit, the magic show they did where they were trying to like figure out the tricks is one of the coolest fucking things I ever saw. Like, honestly, it is just so yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, I love that shit. Shouts out to, I see the homie Paul the Shakespeare just clocked on and then her and Sid Tizzy having a nice conversation. What's up, guys? Oh, that's <laughs> super dope. That's the one that was on your tracks? Um, yeah, so Paul the Shakespeare, um, we looked at Flowing Waters. She was on Battle Tone. She the one who did Lady Sing the Blues. That's yes, fucking cool. That is, Yo, yes, shout that out is Paul. Her. I don't remember. Polish Shakespeare. That's it was gorgeous stuff. We listened to it. I said that sincerely. But shout out you for being in the chat too. Um, awesome. That's fresh. So, so fair yeah. enough. Being young, it is yeah, what I, it is. I asked the question because sometimes people give me some really interesting answers. Like now nah, we were doing full on dance routines at five years old and Michael Jackson songs and shit. So I'm like, you know what? You never know what people are gonna say. But we learned that you started drawing mad early and getting some game on. And that's fucking cool. And we learned that that was a singer, which is also fucking amazing. So it shows that's already people in your family that are older than you are displaying arti artistic capabilities in different directions. So right from the jump, that was present in your life. So that's an interesting yeah. and significant detail, I would say. Um, so then I guess the next question usually goes on the lines of somewhere around the puberty life, we usually get this moment of um, basically... We uh, we find this song or we find this moment where like music usually goes from being the shit that's around us to some shit that we fuck with. For me, it was the Thon song. It wasn't necessarily the subject matter. It just happened to be that song. Uh, maybe it was. I was 12. 
but yo that song fucked me up we listened to it like 12 times in a row and my teacher must have gone fucking crazy it was at school and shit yo it <laughs> fucked me up i was like into it i'm like yo what is this music thing let me see anyway let me <laughs> hey, that damn song i swear i hate that song <laughs> but like it got me into music so for me it's a cool song do you remember that moment for you like when you got into music and shit the t when i got into music okay so i want to say around this time frame i had to be like a 11 like 11 12 and my father he had finally like you know what i had five i have five sons i'm gonna give them the old college he holds so he was here him and his brothers started training us they wanted to teach us how to sing so we it was late nights we would be up singing around this time it was you know it was all about jodeci boys the men okay um silk all the day so we are here doing the do re mi fa so la si do and then doing the, going back down and learning about harmonizing and doing runs working on the breath control trying to find what range we was in all the day me and my brothers they're i'm pretty sure they're not listening looking at this right now i kind of wish it was obviously nobody in the chat i'm almost certain my mother's listening to it but and i'm gonna mess with later on about this me and my brothers did make an rb song i only remember the title i do not remember the lyrics I hardly remember the course the name of the song was called she got skills do not ask me to sing that shit. I swear to god it's not happening but we did it <laughs> and we made this shit. And God, it was God awful, but dang it, we loved it. Like, we would rehearse this one song because our plan was to have a full song and present it to my father. So the next time him and his brothers go on tour or, you know, open up for somebody, we would be on the card. That was the idea. And then my oldest brother, Lex, he was in job corps. He had finally came back home for break. He came in the basement. We are down there, you know, tripping, playing the game and stuff like that. And he was like, yo, I need y'all to listen to something. Check this shit out. He put it in. It's by this group called the Wu-Tang Clan. And he played the Mysteries of Chess Box. And I'm just looking like, I felt like, like I was like zoomed in. And like everything about me, behind me was quiet. It was just me and this tape deck. And I'm just staring at it and just listening to everything. It has everything in that that I love. You know, talking about Kung Fu flicks and stuff like that. Like the lyrics, I'm like, damn, how the hell is Joe doing this? And I'm just looking. And when it went off, I was like, yo, that's what I want to do. I want to learn how to do that. I don't want to do this soft R&B shit. I want to learn how to do what yo did. And that's what started. That was in 90, 92. I remember that shit. That's what started. I looked. And, you know, my brothers and I was going off like, yo, like they never heard nothing like this before. I'm, I'm, I mean, sure, I was with them too. But it was like, for some reason, it was like super different to me. It like tapped. It tapped then. And also around this time, like artistically, I was starting to improve more. So it went from doing Marvel comics and DC comics to me literally making my own characters, like me and my brother. We was taking characters that we created, drawing them out, and then having them go against, you know, like one of my characters would go against um, the X-Men or, you know, like Cyclops, Wolverine. Like I had my villain going up against Magneto. I actually had, we had storylines where our team would hook up with that team to take down the signals and stuff like that. Like, this shit was massive. You, we even had one. 
y'all are literally you're 12 you're 11 12 years old drawing comic books where y'all are inventing superheroes that have the skill sets to battle marvel heroes and villains yes that is up yes. there in one of the coolest shits <laughs> i've heard on this show so far um i don't know if everyone <laughs> has you. to agree with me or not but i fuss with that i fuss with it man thank you, thank like, i grew up with it thank you na -na 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 -na. And then, yes, 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 that's my shit. So, so like, I'm just like, anyway, uh, but like, it's like hearing that shit. It's like, you know what? I love it on every level. A, it's just the practicing your shit and doing what you love. But B, it's like loving yourself too, right? Like yeah, yeah. when yeah. I was young, I used to make up my own imaginary worlds and invent my own universes to explore because, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I'm, that worked out well for me to be creative and shit. You didn't have to rely on other things. And in a sense, it's like you got bored of like the existing, you know, multiverses that it, and created your own and infused <laughs> with theirs. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like hella cool at any age with anybody to have done that. But you did it when you were young, so to me, it's hella cooler. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. It's, it was, I know, I don't know. It was one of those things. Like, I always had the sense of me wanting to have my own, you know, not wanting to be like everybody because I, I, I'm almost certain at twelve, looking around, you know, everything is like carbon copy, and you're like, you know, I kind of want my own identity at a young age and it started with the comic books you know like i would see kids come to school the ones that could draw they was drawing you know or i could draw cyclops or i could draw wolverine i'm like yeah i could do that too but can i make my own and that's what i was striving for like stan lee had to have been and still is to this day one of my greatest idols like i looked up to stan lee so you can pretty much imagine and when he died, I shed a thug tear. It happened. I don't shed a tear for no other celebrities. It's the only guy that happened to. I'm sitting in the movie there that, you know, he came on and I'm yelling at myself, why am I crying? <laughs> like, Stanley, dude, come on. <laughs> so. No, Stanley's a, a huge character. Like, my best friend draws comic books or he's aspiring to. He's in the middle of creating his own intellectual properties. So like a lot of what you're saying, yep. I resonate with because my homeboy feels very similarly. So it might not be something I fully share, but it is certainly not the first time I've experienced the passion towards Stanley, his creativity, the general world of comic books, and I am fully aware of how awesome they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was definitely a powerful influence. Not only him, but also my my brother, the one that um that mm. Demetrius, the one who showed me how to draw like he gave me the tools and I went from being pupil student to like running running leg to leg with him. You know, we it's funny and I'll share the story. Me and him actually had a moment where we competed against each other. The 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 competition was to draw to do 40 comic books. I think we had like a month to do 40 comic books a piece. He beat me. I lost by one. I had 39. He had 40. Yep. <laughs> I was like, dang it. And he just, he told me one day, he said, you'll get, he said, one day you'll, you'll be able to beat me. And eh, I'm assuming it happened. <laughs> so. That's interesting. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I was just uh, responding to a little comment that I thought I should respond yes, to. Yes, yeah, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. That's <laughs> nah, really dope. I'm really happy that people are here and vibing and shit. And I really like your storytelling. 
I feel like um, it's cool to hear about all of these things, which definitely makes sense given what you do today. And it's, yeah. I think it's fascinating because uh, um, a lot of us don't necessarily um, believe in ourselves, but also forget yeah. that we clocked like 80,000 hours of practice as kids and some shit. And all of that counted. Mm-hmm. And it all counted. Mm-hmm. So it's like hearing you express this stuff and seeing um, seeing what kind of like came out of it. It's, it's just fun. So yeah, like, it's awesome. <laughs> so basically you're 12 and you're already popped out a whole bunch of comic books and simultaneous to that you're like decided I'm gonna be like a Wu-Tang rapper. Yeah, basically. I was just, hey, my, my brothers was getting mad at me. I was, I, I do remember times where I was rhyming the shit out because I was just, I just kept rhyming for no reason. I was just sitting there making up rhymes and stuff like that. I, I knew it was silly, but I kind of like felt like I was like, practice i was practicing and then i was i would listen to like some of my favorite songs not only from the woo but like different artists so third base of course epmd fucking love epmd um nwa i was a fan but not a huge fan um public enemy was definitely cool um ll and a couple others it's just not hitting me right now but the woo was definitely that oh my fault bobby when around that time when they came along like my mother and my father, they knew we was into music, but it was real strict on what we listened to because it was like a lot of the shit was violent, especially NWA. Like it was it was like a no no in that house. NWA and public and was definitely a no no in that house. Now everybody else was cool, you know, oh you don't cuss, you don't listen to that, you know, you listen to EPOD was okay. But public enemy and NWA, we got we got caught listening to them. We was in shitloads of trouble. We play that shit, you gotta turn it down like, (laughs) yay. So, nah. So, uh, we all using tapes? What about the radio? We all fucking with the radio? Yeah, man. So, (laughs) as as I got older, I learned how to, like, record. So, that was an old-fashioned way that me and my brothers just record our voices. We would have, we would have one tape that that played the instrumental that was on one radio. And on the other radio, it would just record the voice. We didn't have a microphone hooked up per se, but some back in the day, some radios had to build their mic. So we would hit the play button and record on that one and just had the instrumental playing and that's how we did it. As beta as that was, as MacGyverish that was, that shit was everything that we had and we did it. You'd be surprised at how many cool MacGyver solutions have been given. Um, somebody did a PlayStation. That was my favorite. They were they used the PlayStation oh, to create music, and I'm like, oh, that's considered well, we, that's fucking fire. We're we going to get there. Damn, we're going to get. Oh my god, we are going to get there because <laughs> somebody just posted something that reminded me about that. I seen that was like, ooh, I remember those days. <laughs> god damn. So, yeah, I think the MacGyver stuff is really important to also think about because, um, like, by the time I got into music, it's, like, 2012. So, like, let's be real. Like, what do you need? Everything's digital. Like, you really just needed access, you know? So, everything was, like, at home at that point, regardless to whatever. So, it's, it's cool to, like, go back because it gives an appreciation for me and I think anyone else watching of what it was like. And then... yeah. But also, like, 
it explains so much about like the intricate level of details that went into a lot of the earlier work in hip-hop too because it was physically and literally harder to produce which meant your project management game and your pre-planning had to be in a very different state than slip slide cut paste experiment yeah yeah definitely definitely it was man it was like we would play it and then on top of that we didn't even have fucking instrumentals so i don't know how but i figured out a way like so we used to listen to this radio station um on morgan state called 88.9 strictly hip-hop it come on from 12 to 5 so 12 a.m to 5 a.m like so we talking about midnight friday nights up they playing nothing but hip-hop i'm talking about like boot camp clip um black moon like straight underground hip-hop and, and even the woo so sometimes they will play like let it play and you'll hear the instrumental at the end and we're like oh snap she's still playing some of the beats so we would i would sit there play like we will record that whole night play the part that we want stop loop it some way and record it on the next tape day have the instrumental same thing play the instrumental on one tape deck empty tape vocals record go for it like that was a strenuous <laughs> experience but god damn it made it work i was like the only one that was able to do that out of all the brothers like yo can you get this instrumental just let it play and then the radio station like sometimes you'll hear still play a song like that is dope like oh man and then the dj kill the dj they just cut it and go to the next track and start talking over like come on and now, now i gotta sit here and wait for that this one particular song because everybody wants the instrumental can play again dude messing up but it was fun though it was fun that's why that's why i learned how to loop <laughs> so, that's super fucking fascinating because i was just commenting on how cool that you made that one groove that i found entrancing and how hard it is to make like a particular groove but effectively oh, your early sorry. production was kind of in that dj-esque feel of find the perfect spot of the song grab that loop that because you were limited and forced to do that on some technology shit that mm -hmm. is a truly interesting creation process that even when you do come to the digital experience it's still going to be foundationally how you hear things and i like yeah. that that's fucking nifty for like uh, the Thank producer you. side of shit yo my favorite yeah. interviews are with producers to be real with you because i know a lot of the rapper shit so i like you know i go through more of an act with the rappers but with producers i'm like and then he took the tape shit to the tape shit hey magic <laughs> like it's like i know it seems so whatever but like i didn't even know about all the reels and shit and i learned a lot talking to producers about like how music got made and rappers are like yo i showed up and i rapped and i'm like damn that's my version of the story i showed up and i rapped <laughs> that's all i had to do no son son it's more than that now <laughs> so it's fun like um and then just to hear the ingenuity into it because something i realized is the biggest problem i'm facing is i stopped thinking like i'm broken 17 and if i thought more like i'm broken 17 i would have more success in my life so it's fun to hear the cool shit we all did when we were young and broke <laughs> i'm about to say the thing like young broken have i got that dollars in my name like i just fuck it's like you just got to get done some way dude so i had to get done i like and and the, and the crazy side behind that, so while I'm doing that, I'm in like 12, elementary school, 
literally not even realizing I'm actually like doing all like my first freelance because you know the kids he's get the new books and teach them like oh you know you can design get inside your books and he had the, the notebook with the clear film in that yo can you design my um my notebook for me can you draw this picture for me like yeah I can draw it for you when are you going to lunch you are cool you getting some butter crunch cookies you give me two pack of dolls I'll draw this shit for you I'm up here hustling <laughs> hustling for food and snacks and money and shit. I didn't even realize I was freelance I was just doing it yo that's blessed as fuck too you gotta wonder how many kids are really entrepreneurs at like 14 and then something gets them out of the spirit yeah true 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 because you just gotta think about it you know a lot of people had these cool hustles at that age and a lot of that's a hustle a good hustle it's not a bad hustle yeah not every hustle it's not is a bad, bad thing. hustle though not at all i got me some butter crunch cookies in the goddamn um and, <laughs> and mix up every day i was so happy with it right i had i did stop i did have to stop so i do remember this kid i did it for him he paid me you know he, this exchange it happened but then i see everybody like like, yo, that's dope, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, you're good. Tell him he's good. And I look, and I see him put by such a, his name. I'm like, hey, yo, you didn't draw that. I did. No, no, you didn't. I'm like, is anybody else in here that knows how to do this? And everybody was like, no, I'm literally the only one, and you stole my artwork. Needless to say, he had a bad, um, at the school, and his parents took him to see him because, yeah, it's one thing you don't do. Don't mess with my art, bro. And he ended up paying again. And not in a good way. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, no, do not do that. <laughs> That's still big. People do steal art. So it's it's bad when that happens. And sometimes people don't. You see it a lot with memes and shit like that, where somebody writes a joke, puts it in a meme, and it never gets credited, right? No, yeah. I mean, even if the meme is like, free game often the art surrounding the meme is creative intellectual property that somebody put time and effort into so it's right, interesting right. um so already you're a little teenager and you're a producer uh you're learning to rhyme with the sillies which is fair enough man you're like 12 <laughs> yeah. 13 you ain't supposed to be going on the hard shit yet you know it's kind of it's kind of disheartening when you see a 12 year old that's spitting hard you're like shit you're 12. <laughs> Like, Shit. I got games killing it. <laughs> when I was 12, it was like Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, that too. I Definitely that. I mean, it was mostly Super Nintendo. <laughs> it wasn't like I had a whole lot going on. Um, so it's like, damn, you have a lot going on already, and you're like 12. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I guess high school must have been a lit experience if you're an artist and you're a rapper and you're a producer and shit. Like, you, you gotta be kind of the bee's knees for a minute. So, high school. So in high school, I really wasn't like producing yet. Mm. I was just, you know, messing around. That, that was like the one time I was doing, I really wasn't thinking about producing. <clears throat> um, music, it was still a part of me, but I really wasn't into it like that, like that, the way I thought it was going to be. The art, different story. <clears throat> Running with it. That was like my main thing. Even when I was in high school, I was trying to get in an art program. And my teacher was like, you know, here it is, I'm in ninth grade. And my teacher's literally like, you know, you got to be in the 10th grade to do it and things like that. I'm like, well, is that where I could take like extra curriculum? Can I talk to the teachers? To, I mean, the um, principal to skip me. Like, I'm really trying to find a way to get into advanced art. 
because I'm in ninth grade and the art that was being taught to me, I surpassed it. Every lesson that my teacher was giving me, I was crushing, crushing, crushing. It was to a point like, I don't know if it was me being cocky or me being big-headed, but there was times that we would come in, I would sit down, he would give us a lesson, I would do the lesson before everybody, automatically get an A+, and now I'm just sitting there either drawing my own thing, which around this time, um... Was like drag, like the big thing was like anime. Anime was definitely being introduced around this time frame, so everybody was learning how to draw the um, Dragon Ball Z style. Like that was like one of the big things, and yeah, I I was I felt in there, but I still was working on my own style. And I'm like, you know, I, in my head, I knew that there was more that I needed to learn, and I felt like my teachers wasn't seeing that. Concerning the known fact, I was surpassing everybody in the classroom. I'm just crushing everything. And I'm like, give me something more advanced. Skip me to the 10th grade. Give me the 10th grade book. I know I could do that. Mm. You know, it was like, uh, we got to talk to somebody. Nobody really wasn't taking interest. Even when I, you know, talked about it with my parents, it was like, you know, stuff kind of falls on deaf ears when there's four other kids. And when you're the middle child. So... Mm. I was like, all right, That's fair. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep studying and going about it the way that I know how. So that's ninth grade year, tenth grade year. I believe at this time I was where I started working. Now I'm like 16, so I'm working. My first job was Wendy's. I'm working and I'm going to high school, and I get hooked up, connected, or I run into. This young gentleman by the name of Street Heat. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. Let me take that back. At this time, his name was Six Feet. When he sees this, <laughs> when he sees this, because I know he is, he's going to be mad. I love you, bro. Don't worry about it. You're a part of the story. So, <clears throat> was it difficult to study and work at, in the same time? Yes, the hell it was. God, it was. It was like, I'm going to school to get an education, but then I got to turn around, get up, go to work. So you got to imagine I'm coming to work smelling like fries and frosties and shit. And like, people are like, yo, can you bring me something? No, that's not how I work, dude, but whatever, you know. So, and I'm working, and the purpose of me working was not only like to have money in my pocket, but I was helping my parents with my two younger brothers. So I go from a student role to an employee role to a big brother role all in one day. This all happens in one day. And this was happening to me for a whole year flight. You know, and just, you know, what's your favorite thing to draw ever? What was my favorite thing to draw ever? Ah. Besides my own characters, when I was drawing, my favorite thing to draw was actually Batman. Believe it or not, Batman, Batman had to bend Around that it. time, like one of my favorite, one of my favorite characters, you know. And then I'm pretty sure I was looking at it. I think I was, he was my favorite character in a different manner that he was everybody else's favorite character. I I'm almost like, certain. Hold on, hold on. I would love to hear your elaborations on that thing. I, you may have been elaborating, but I just had to make sure we elaborate on why you liked him versus the other one. Viper <clears throat> 27. Holy shit. Damn it, we have Pastor Jones in here. God damn it. I just realized the name. 
What up, fool? <laughs> That's dope. What up? He supposed to be at work. What up, Trey? So, <laughs> I, I know, right? Yes. Yeah, so wow. So the reason why everybody, the reason why everybody, probably look at Batman or idolize him, look up to him, because of course, the movie, the show, the cartoon. Even the game around that time frame, and he was like, oh, man, Batman's so cool. He got his gadgets and stuff like that. You know, he got money. He get the girl. It's not why I was looking at Batman. That's not why he was my favorite at that time. The reason why Batman was my favorite, and this is, I believe this is a precursor to what I'm doing now. And Batman Returns, when him and Catwoman, Cole Kitten, was at the party. It was a masquerade ball. Everybody was in costume, but they wasn't. And that was the joke. That was the trick. To them, they wasn't in costume. Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle was their costumes. That was their mask. Batman and Catwoman, that's who they really are. So I'm like, you know what? I understood that part. Like, I like that part. And Batman has it in his head. Batman is really him. Bruce Wayne, that's his, that's his alter ego. You know, everybody like Clark Kent's alter ego is Superman. Right, no. Right. <clears throat> Batman's alter ego is Bruce Wayne. I'm like, like for a minute, it took me a minute. It took me a while to grasp that concept. But when I heard it, I understood. But I just couldn't get it until I think... I had to be like a good 19 when I seen that movie again and that whole scene played again. And at that time, I like, you know what? I fucking get it. I understand. I understood and see to why. And my mind, my mind was geared towards that way of thinking. That's why I look at Batman the way I do. You know, like that, like Bruce Wayne in his, Bruce Wayne in his mind is, you know, playboy. He's a sport brat. He's insecure about himself. He hides behind his money and all this other stuff. But Batman, that's the person that everybody fears. That's the person that when his name pops up, you know, people like Howard Wayne and stuff like that, he's respected and feared. And that's a you know, you feel a certain way. Well, he felt a certain way when he donned that cake and cow. This is me. This is who I really am. So when when people see the golden face, but people see exoskeleton. That's how I am. My my name, what I do, that shit is respected. Like Fat Joe said, I'd rather be feared than love because the fear lasts longer. And I understand that part. So when people see exoskeleton, when they see the golden face, it's like, like damn, yo, you're cool and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And I respect yourself like that. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Confident. But the regular person, my alter ego, is like, eh. It's a typical dude from being more. I got locks. People think I smoke, but I don't. You know, I kind of, I, unfortunately, I do fit the stereotype. But that's not it. That's, that's, that's not the guy. I'm not that guy. So that's why Batman is like one of my favorites. That, that was on the drawing. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> dude, that is the whole point of this. That was so cool. Yeah. I'm not, there's a part of me that's going, that shit is a good clip that might get clicked on more than a lot of other things. <laughs> just because that was so fascinating like oh, man, i never you. thought about it it makes a lot of sense 
and it's a fucking good justification for your entire character and how you look at the world like um i'm super into the idea of artists and superheroes effectively being the same thing like we create characters um i'm totally the opposite i, I much prefer being myself with my superhero alter ego being that but i love the idea of it being the other way around but I totally fucks right. with this whole thing. I fucks with this whole like way of seeing the world, and it's so fucking cool. That's a cool question while we're on it. Before we go back to your story a bit, because trust we're gonna go back. But Ishmael wants to know what's your top three animes, and we may as well we may as well do it. Oh man, so my top three animes. All right, I'm dating myself because I'm almost certain this is something that a lot of people either seen or don't know about. All right, in no particular order, Go Go Thirteen. Ninja Scrolls, Crime Fighting. Shit, I've heard of those, which is how I know I'm a, I'm getting along too. I haven't seen them, but I was in like the college listening to people talking about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome ass movies. I That's love fresh, all man. of them. Like, if y'all love anime, definitely, definitely go look at them, especially Ninja Scrolls and GoGo Thirteen. Oh my god, those those man. You want you want to see some good sword action scenes like old school? Slinger Scrolls is definitely the one to go to. You want to see a hitman get ass and kill? Go go thirteen. Can't can't go wrong with that. I love your passion. It's truly great. It, it's truly fun to talk to you. Like you're on that certizy level of fun. I don't know if maybe it's from where you're both at in life versus where I'm at in this world. But, yo, I don't know. It's like you guys work together, maybe. I don't know. There's this common energy that I really, really fucking like. That's all I got to say about that. Um, but uh, we can we can go back to, like, your story a bit. You're honestly a very impressive teenager. Uh, kudos to putting your family first like that. Not everyone does. Other people choose other paths in life. So the fact that you were noble enough to, like, focus on that whilst working, you know. Because, yo, it wasn't just that you had the job and put the money and dipped. It was you played the role of brother. I don't know if everyone heard what he said there, but that's actually a very big thing to say. That's some role model shit, taking care of his shit, you know. Probably got to deal with some bullshit that most people don't want to deal with shit. So I just want to say that I think that was worth mentioning. You mentioned it. It was worth highlighting in case people missed it. I think the other stuff was a little clearer. Um, so are you also squeezing art and shit outside of school into it? Cause then I can see how like it makes so much of a difference for you at the school. If the rest of your life is that busy, it might be like, you don't have as much opportunity to practice in other places. Um, I really, I did, but then I didn't, there was, I do distinctly remember there was times where I was like working on characters, you know what? No. Yeah. Art was still a major thing. At this time, I was starting to learn about um, like inking, coloring, of course, composition and stuff like that. And I even came out with my own comic book <clears throat> company, like how you got Marvel, DC, Dark Horse Image and stuff like that. So I had mine. Mine was called Death Angel Comics. I, to this day, I still remember how my logo looked. Um, I fuck around and sketch that shit out while we talking too. Oh, I have a drawing pad. And, yep, I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> and I had I, I was learning how to do like um, character sheets. So you have you know like Cyclops, 
um, real name Scott Summers, his height, mutant ability, first comic book appearance, things of that nature, um, his strength, his power, endurance and stuff like that. I was learning how to do stuff like that. So I was starting to give my characters more life. You know, like our um, one character that I created, um, Goldeneye. Um, I forgot what his real name was. He was 5'9", weighed 200 pounds. He was from, of course, Baltimore. Um, his mutant abilities was to manipulate matter. So that way, so that means he could, um, he could create anything. He could create a weapon out of anything, like out of thin air. Um, he was a telepath. He had superhuman strength. The one thing me and my brother did decide to do, though, we didn't want to totally copy off of Marvel. So Marvel had mutants, and then DC had metahumans. I okay. forget what Oz, Oz and but I forget what Oz was called. But our power base was we had our like how mutants had that main ability. So we had our main ability, and then we had sub abilities. We got the idea from watching the X Men episode where they went to the Savage Lands, and when they go to the Savage Lands, all their powers is cut off. So there's no superhuman strength. There's no octopus or nothing like that. You're just literally just a human in the Savage Lands. So me and my brother sat down and wait a minute, time out. What happens if our characters was to end up there and our mutant powers get cut off, but then we have sub-abilities that can't be touched? You know, no matter where we go, and like, you know what, fuck it, that's what we're going to do. So that's, that's really, like, we definitely find ways to separate ourselves from Marvel slowly, but surely. So you made passive abilities? Our... Yes. Like, effectively, like, the video game perk of passive ab abilities was your, like, way to go about this. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. That's cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Like we, 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 uh, we always try to like try our best to move away from Marvel as much as our style came from it, and as much as we looked at the cartoons and stuff like that, we move away from it as much as possible to be separate. So I definitely would still find a way to do art, but I also was starting to get heavy into the music. So tenth grade. 1617 first rap name precision that was my name mm. so precision please don't look at me like that precision runs into um six feet i understand which is, I, she looks at me yeah. like that too <clears throat> yeah oh, she, see so <laughs> that part we we you know we bump into each other we get connected we start talking and stuff like that you know i um just so happens that we live in the same neighborhood. He's around the corner from me. You know, we start seeing each other more. We start connecting more. We start talking more. And he tells me that, hey, why don't you like come spend a night one night? I'm like, oh, okay, fine, fuck it, you know. Ain't nothing going on. So I come over. We're in the kitchen. He's like, hey, I got some beats. Yeah, you trying to cipher? I'm like, oh, shit, you spit. Like, yeah. So we going back and forth. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. We were spitting off of, um, the instrumental, the money. Money, cash, clothes, money, cash, clothes. What? I remember that shit. And the beat was just playing. We was both just start going in. He kicked it off. I'm looking like, dang, no nice and shit. So we going back and forth, going back and forth. Like, we was up the whole night deciphering. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. So it went from that to me introducing him to my brothers. So at this time, me and my brothers, we have our own little rap group. They're called Lockdown. Yes, lockdown. So it's precision, bravo, 
and Dirty Guns. My two younger brothers. I swear to God, when they see this shit, they're going to kill me. I don't care. <laughs> so, he's going to look at me like that. So, it was, I like, yo, I like, yo, this is my homeboy, um, six feet. You know, we all get in the cypher. Like, um, it's like, man, like, I think like a good 12 beats passed. We was just rhyming, just rhyming, just rhyming, just rhyming. And next thing you know, we all, we all sat down. And we was like, yo, we should form a group. Like, all right, what's the name of the group going to be? Like, how, how about FOF? Like, FOF? That was FOF me. Like, Faces Affair. Like, oh, shit. I like that. You know, I drew, I made the logo for us. Because, I, I, again, at this time, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing. Drawing my ass off. I created a um, logo for FOF. I still remember how I used to do that, too. So, well. And... It went from it went from three members to twelve. Oh. In a matter of months. Yeah. It it jumped up fast. To the point that the people around the neighborhood thought we was a gang. Like people was point like pointing us like guns. Like, yo, y'all keep playing them get them FOF boys. We said about like we are MCs. What what's this? Why y'all pointing us like gangsters? We, we ain't no gang. It's just a bunch of dudes that know how to spit. That's it. Like, hey, people were scared of us. So I'm like, oh, I, got, I got guess it plays in my favorite guys. Fuck it. So it, it was man. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun ass taste. I distinctly remember one day we had, like, me and my brothers, something, some horrible misfortunes came our way. And we left and we came back. We reconnected with everybody. It was on a it was on a summer night on a Friday. It kind of feels like how the atmosphere in the air feels right now. I'm in my in the living room and the windows open. And it feels mad good outside, and it reminds me of this particular situation. So, I go to visit my homegirl, and we sitting there talking, and I see my brothers, like my two younger brothers, my homeboy. Well, he changed his name to Street Heat at this time, and they are going from corner to corner from house to house, battling people. I mean, running up in the house, battling, smashing on people, like throwing beats on. Everybody that lined up getting killed. You went on the corner, jumped in the cypher, start smashing on people. Went up on another corner, jump in the cypher, start smashing on people. I'm like, full-on battles, like, like, um, what is it, URL battles type stuff. Like, this is what's going on around me. I'm sitting here talking to my homegirl. I'm looking like, what the fuck are they doing? So, but they're doing like they just swarm around neighborhood battling people, <laughs> and everybody's losing. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm gonna sit here. I ain't gotta do nothing. Yeah, man, that that was a fun night. It was going around beasting. I I didn't know. Um, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. That is that was a fun night, man. Them guys, they was catching bodies everywhere. <laughs> God, scary stuff. I but I, I didn't get involved. <laughs> I was like, you know what? They don't need me. They got this. It's all good. So you just vibing like that. You're just there in the presence of watching the massacre go down. But that's got Yo. So what's your takeaway from that? Like you see something like that happen, right? What is like the life lesson that like stuck with you that impacted you from that moment, right? Because that's got to be something where you're like, nah. I don't want to be that, or you know, like something like that. You know, like what was the thing that you took from it? 
I was living around like my squad dope as shit, yo. Kind of invincible right about now, <laughs> right? But do you do like? No, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real honest with you. At that point, when I was watching the fucking onslaught, like the lyrical bloodbath going on, I'm just looking around like. I got this odd feeling. I got an odd feeling to be doing this sooner or later. Like lyrically, I'm still lyrically, I'm good. But as far as battling, I really didn't battle like that. But after seeing that, I was like, I feel like that's going to happen to me, and it did multiple times. <laughs> Man, yeah, I respect that's, that. That's 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 going into. I want to say almost 20 year old ex precision. Well, I wasn't even precision at that time. No, I'm lying. I was still precision at that time. So, okay. So you finish high school and then what happens after that? Because that's where usually like life starts in some direction or another. So, unfortunately, I didn't finish high school. Um, I should maybe grade... ask that question. <laughs> No, it's perfectly fine. It's okay. It's a learning experience. So, uh, unfortunately, I had to drop out. I had to do my job full time to take care of my brothers and stuff like that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> again, this is around the time where the un unfortunate misfortune, unfortunate misfortune, came in my family. You know. It's one of those days where, you know, life deals you, life hands you a deck of cards. Like these are cards that I was dealt, okay? I had to learn how to reshuffle that shit and yeah, just like try that. to do something all over. So it was, it was a learning experience. And also around this time is where, you know, um, the guy Street Heat, you know, the bond with him and my brothers. Notice it became it be, he he went from being the neighborhood friend he went from being my homeboy he went from being my best friend to my brother officially like him and the, and the guy Tone who was another member of the FOF those two this they held me and my brothers down at that time boy it was like those guys definitely ever here like you know they say we're brothers through bond that that's a bond that's something that happened that transpired. That shit, they, I forever hold those two in high regards. They they are my brothers. I, I can't call them all my best friend, all my homie. No, those two are my brothers. And also this time, music generator comes into play. <laughs> so um, uh, my father, love, again, loves Street like a son. So he, took, he takes me, Street, and my brothers out, you know, to the um, movie there. There's Go see the movies and stuff like that. And they came out with the music generator. But prior to that, we had the demo. And Street was playing that thing like crazy. He wanted that thing like so bad. So when we get there, we get to AM, we get to um Suncoast. And my father buys it. But here you go. You know, we had it. I was like, yo, here you go. Here with the street. Like, yo, take it. Handle that. Do whatever you need to do with it. It took this dude, I want to say like a week later, calling me up, yo. Come to the house. Gotta let you hear something. Boom. Put the PlayStation on, play the beat. I'm like, damn, yo, you made this off of, off of a game system? Hell yeah. 
I think he played like three tracks for me that night. So wow. I'm like, oh, all right, that's what's up. So he got nice with it. He got a copy and gave us the copy back. Now, everybody in the house is making beats. So all my brothers make a beat. Street is making beats. I once did not touch it. The idea for me was to only write, and that was it. I wasn't supposed to do nothing else. I was just supposed to be an MC. It's like everybody else. And one night, one day, <clears throat> everybody left, and the PlayStation was still on, music generator was still on. I'm just sitting down looking at it. I'm like, you try something. I learned how to sample. That's, that was my first time sampling the music generator. My first sample that I used was Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. I distinctly remember that because I love classical music. Like Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin, Bach, listen to all that shit. That's my that's my like my meditation music. Like when I'm drawing, that's what I listen to. Mm. So <clears throat> I played it, you know, learned how to chop it up and stuff like that. Cause I was watching everybody do it. And I made a beat. And I was like, damn, it was dark, but I loved it, you know. So <laughs> I did the stupid thing, just left it up and left out the house. When I came back, it was playing. And it was like on a loop, and everybody in that bitch vibing, like, yo, who the fuck made this? Like, no no one knew who made it. And I'm just sliding in the house, like, oh. Shit. I should have got a reading that, because I don't want nobody knowing what I know how to do. <laughs> and it was like, yo, you made this? I'm like, uh, yeah? Fuck no. And I just started doing it more. Didn't want to. But I started like liking it a little bit. <laughs> so competition popped up. They was like, all right, we need one person to just make beats. Who would that person want to be? So everybody made a beat. And then they just everybody played it. No one said who made the beat because we had some of the homeboys come through and everybody was judging, you know, some American Idol type shit. Everybody was judging and listening to it, like, oh, this one's dope, like, oh, yo, whoever made this, they could use some damn work and shit like that. I'm just sitting there, like, uh, all right, what else? You know, I'm not paying any no attention. They heard my beat, and everybody just went ape shit nuts. I'm like, mm, I kind of see where this is going at. They picked that beat. They're like, whoever made this beat is going to be making beats for the group from here on out. I mean, it's like, damn, everybody went crazy. It's like, yo, I knew you made it, yo. Blah, 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 blah. And then that's the next thing you know. I'm the producer for the group and shit. So it was between me and Street. That's crazy. And we, we, and it was. Do you, hear, uh, do you hear what he just said there? Like, did y'all listen? <laughs> first of all, PlayStation beat making contest, American Idol winner. <laughs> that's kind of a lot of that's a lot of things packed into like one story that's man. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you it's wild as shit man <laughs> i didn't want to do that i'm like come on i don't because I, I was still drawing and i was still writing and i was like working on working on my universe working on my stories and stuff like that and here i am getting sucked in to making beats and writing rhymes so that happened. It's like, oh well, I'm too excellent at multiple things that I have to go and pursue this other thing. Yeah. But it's super fascinating. Because yeah. like Aesop Rock, 
has a song where he's basically like, I used to be a visual artist and now I'm a rapper lamenting on what my life would have been like if I had gone down the path of visual arts and I miss it. Wow. Yo, I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Wait, ASAP Rock. Really? Nice. Like Ace, sorry, Aesop Rock. Not like Aesop Rocky, but Aesop Rock. The one on Rhyme. Ah. That dude. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, I think I said it poorly, but... Yo, that track was, like, interesting to listen to because it's like, yo, you get to these points in life sometimes where you have to make these choices where you want to do certain things. Uh, other times you might... It might be smarter to do other things. And they're all dope, but you always want to do that one thing that you always want to do. Right. Right, right, right. So, were you, like... So you're basically okay. also drawing the entire time you were doing this, and were you still doing things yes. like, uh, like bringing Marvel characters into battle with your own characters, or had you evolved into just having your own characters battling with your own characters? Yeah, that's that's that was the ticket. Um, had my heroes, had my villains. That was all. That's it. Whoever the lady with the face is, hey, how you doing? That is my girlfriend's <laughs> face. So we decided to nice! make her face an emote. That's your lady friend Bonnie. So we just throw the Bonnies up sometimes because I, I thought I think it's preposterous because she's like nobody's ever gonna want to use it, and I was like, oh yeah, oh, and it turned out everyone wanted to use it, and I'm like, I don't know why. And there she is. She's like, lol. Every time this comes out, because this is fucking hilarious to me, and it's like the more she's like, Love nobody it. wants to use it, the more people want to use it, and then her face flies all over the screen, and it's like, eh, it's my girl's face. I like it. That's a good place to be. Yo, that's dope as shit. That is fucking dope. Oh my god, that is so awesome. She's awesome. Yo, that's serious. Wait, hold on. Let's see if it's... I don't think I have no mind. Nope, that sucks. That's great, man. Yeah, I appreciate her. Um, But it's also like... She's part of the team. She, She did a lot of album reviews with me. Like a lot of them. Oh like, wow! So she's gonna be. We're gonna do another one soon. We've just been. You know, this interview shit's way more fun, and other things popped up. No offense to the review crowd, but we're gonna do them. But like, yeah, this is mad blessed to me. I'm having a lot of fun on this. So she's like part Same. of everything. So like, I don't know. It's her face, and it's fun. That's I mean, great. It's like when I make a play a video game, I make a girl because I'd rather just stare <laughs> at the girl booty. That's just what it is. It's my preference. That's real. So why would I put my face there when I could put her sure. face there? I look at her face. That's what life looks like to me. Yo, that's wow. That's real. Damn, this could be you. I don't mind if you do make me emoji. I want to have my mask on, and <laughs> we could just go with that one. Don't do this. This this is not a good look. Let's do the mask. <laughs> Yeah, the mask thing is uh, fucking blessed, but you should have, like, both. You should have, like, a whole thing where, like, at $25, because, like, the big one is $25, they get the unmasked version. Motherfuckers willing to put up uh, three bills a year, they can have whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's scary. They like that. But, yeah. Um, so you're, you're, tell us a bit more about your more evolved universe, because, I mean, that's as interesting to me as the music, to be honest. Hey, that's, that's all good. That's all good. Oh, trust me. The music gets, starts to get very interesting. Well, no, I think they're down. both. Well, what I'm saying is they're both equally interesting things to talk about. Not that, like, neither is. You're so far very interesting the whole way through, right? And I know she's going to pick up. But I'm just like, 
who invents entire universes of superheroes and supervillains? <laughs> like, well, everyone makes music, but who does that? <laughs> like, that's uh, true, true, true. And you know what's odd? It's funny. No, I this will actually be my first time actually talking about my, my own comic book universe. Wow. So at this point, and, and, and again, I, I have to constantly keep bringing in my older brother, um, Doc, big respect. because he, he he definitely plays a big role in all of this because we was both, like we was making, he, he had his own universe and he was entertaining, intertwining his with mine. So I have... I made this shit first. I don't care what nobody said, and I didn't know nothing about no copyright and no shit like that. But I had, I made Ninja's Assassin. I had a character, not a movie. I literally had a character named Ninja's Assassin. And when I seen the movie, of course, naturally, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'm pissed. But, <laughs> but <laughs> super pissed. But I had, you know, I had my characters that was like Batman, no special abilities, no mutant powers, but was like fighters and stuff of that nature. We had our female groups. My brother had a group of um, assassins, females, and it was called Brought Up Assassins. And his main character, um, her name is Black Death, Cynthia Jackson. I remember that shit. And she was a monster. Um, we had a group, well, he had a group called Three Man Threat, Napoleon, Janair, and sniper so you got your fire weapons expert and brute strength um then we had a group called um shade super humans against devastating evil so it was like and we, we was just going everywhere we was touching on everything we had story arcs like how marvel had um the mutant massacre we had our own issue we had our own storyline like that it was so much we had our we had our gods we had our celestial beings we had our demigods um we had our own version of morlocks and then we called them i think it was like sewer dwells or some shit like that something like that i think i can't really remember all the way but we, we had all that shit right now currently um my my universe has evolved and it's going in a different area so it's still superheroes it's still with superpowers but it's more i want to say it's like more mature not so superhero-ish like the main character black dagger he's based off of me to a degree you know three-piece suit all black red tie half mask on fedora hat use weapons daggers and stuff like that my lady she has that she's the protagonist but the antagonist but love interest at the same time lady v strict hardcore hardly say nothing you bet your iron she kills you it's exactly how it goes so and she's an excellent writer she got her ass off and she helps with how the That's comic book universe to have yeah yeah, she's awesome, and she helps with how the world is going now, currently. Wow, that's so. amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. I think it's more fun when your partner is involved in your shit. It just makes it all more meaningful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely, definitely. And I think it's so cool that your protagonist is based on yourself. 
I think it's so cool that you have all these different things and every, you know, I was kind of listening to it and it's like, damn, man, it's almost like coming up with superheroes is like coming up with wrestling staples for real reals. Because if you didn't tell me, like I've always known about the correlations, but if I just closed my eyes and I, I just started picturing wrestlers as you were talking, you know, like I wasn't superheroes. Yeah. And I was like, that's so nifty how like intertwined these concepts are as they, as they play out with the storylines and whatnot. I love this shit. I think it's so cool because it all ties back into hip hop. Which yes, is another does. manifestation Definitely. of characters playing out in storylines and shit. It's it's like albums are kind of like story arcs and whatnot. It's so fucking nifty how all of it kind of like, and it actually just kind of blends and makes sense. And you see traces of both wrestling and comic books all over hip hop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I end up tying in um, precision one of the characters from my universe and I dawned down like you know what I think that'd be a dope ass rap name something called Snatch That mm. and again seeing how the woo like um Method Man Johnny Blades Ghost Rider I'm like oh shit I'm Ghostface Iron Man like oh okay so it works you know I seen Daytona 500 for the first time I was like wait that is Speed Race I'm like oh these beers like a little heavy to the shit like alright fuck it here we go, precision. That's rock with it. And it, it definitely worked. It helped. And that whole battle stuff that I told you about, yep. It, it came along. Along came the spider, boy. I did. Man. All right, so story time. <laughs> the like person, it. here we go. All right, so I was with my uncle. Now, this, this got to be. So we real, real moving up in the world. I'm, I'm a young, I'm a young twenty. Let's say like probably twenty, twenty-one and around this time frame. The name Precision is still relevant, and we on the bus, we traveling. I was bumping to one of my homies, and you know he, he's part of the group. He raps. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, she is awesome, right? Ah. Donald said you're an awesome writer. So, so <laughs> she said thanks. So we on the bus, and I see one of the homes. Now, at, now also side note: around this time, FOF has disbanded. So, um, Street Heat form Street Heat and my brother Razor X. Well, RX the Great. They form. Um, TA, which is short for Team Arson, and I was I created um, the faction with me and my brothers. So, see, one of the original members of FOF, we on the bus, we all talking and chopping it up, and he felt as though it was okay for him to show off in front of a group of females, and he called me out lyrically, and I'm like, no, I mean, he was really like trashing me. We all on a bus. Like you going the same right I'm going. Like we both doing the same thing, but you like really going off at me in front of these chicks. I let him have his moment. I mean he he was he was going and I'm like all right. That's what's up. I did nothing. I wait till I got home. I put on Jules Santana um I can't remember the name of it, but I remember the beat because just Blaze made it. 
but that beat was like knocking hard. I'm trying to remember what the um, what the course was. Anyway, I love that beat so much that I just let it play, and I just let it play, and I just let it play, and I just start writing, burning up the composition book. I wasn't saying nothing. I was just going in, and my uncle looking like, yeah, he looked like he pissed, and I finished it. I don't think it was 32. I think it was like 64 bars. I just straight manslaughter. And I just kept going over and going over and going over. Like day to day, I would wake up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep. Just getting this verse embedded in my head to the point that I could just jump on the mic and spit it whenever the hell I want to. And that's what I did. I hit up street. I was like, yo, I'm coming up the studio to record the song. I'll tell you about it when I get there. He's like, all right, come over there. So we, I comes through. It just so happens the guy that this song was met for was on his way over. I'm like, fucking perfect. This is going to be great. So I tell Street exactly what's getting ready to happen. He got this look on his face like, yo, are you really getting ready to do this? Fuck yeah, I'm about to do this. So boom, the room get full. The guy come over and shit. He knows that, you know, we kind of like, we're not really speaking right now, but hey, what's up, yo? It was good. Okay. I stood up. I was like, yo, throw the track phone. Put the headphones on, and I just start spitting. Everybody go crazy. I'm like, street, stop the track. Took the microphone, put that shit in front of him. Like, all right, now go ahead and just start ripping his ass right then and there. He just looked like, I mean, I'm going in on him. That track was perfect. So I swear I wish I had it. Man, 64 bars destroying this guy's soul. Only for him to respond back once, like, a month later. And it was, like, eight bars of cussing me out. And, like, four bars of spitting. And it wasn't even all that. I'm like, damn, you suck. <laughs> you just waited that long just to respond back with that. Like, and then later on down the line, <laughs> I learned that he was on his way to get signed to Universal Records. But because of the battle between me and him, he stopped rapping for two years. Wow. I feel like that is quite <laughs> literally bodying somebody's career. I don't know how many people can quite literally break down some shit like that. That's a clip there. That's a clip. How exoskeleton bodies careers. <clears throat> yeah. That, that, that. Look, look, look. You don't fuck with me, okay? I <laughs> when he came told me, I was like, yo. In my I, I had to apologize to him. But in my head, I really didn't give a fuck. Like I honestly didn't care. I was like, you know what? Don't do it no more. That's all there is to it. You know? I played the song religiously too, which is fucked up. Like every opportunity I had, I would play that shit. Like, I don't I don't know, like, yeah, I was talking about hell. I'm not <laughs> listen, I'm not I, I in my soul, I relate and feel it. And that makes me like you more. <laughs> but that, that's not the that's not the last time I would do something like that, though. The, 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 the next the next go around is nah, but like it's, that is every, way worse. <laughs> even the most noble of great men have to sometimes do what they have to do to remind people of the repercussions of an action, and it's an awkward thing to put and vocalize. But yo. Everybody that ever steps out to try to do anything is going to encounter moments where they must Thank you. occasionally 
demonstrate their ability to be quote unquote gangsta AF. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Was so, it was like it was one of my one of my it was a crowning moment when I was young, I felt bad, but now that I'm old, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That started the, that started the um well, but he started it. It wasn't like he did. And if you listen to all the legends, there's this one thing I noticed they do. They are never the aggressors. They are always <laughs> gonna slaughter you in defense. This sounds like uh, somebody put 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 you in a position where you were. If you did not respond, there are repercussions to you on your honor in the big picture. Because then forever <laughs> he could say, "Yo, remember that time?" And then there's no response. So you were you were left with no choice. It was just yeah. proper tactics of what to do as a, as a person in this industry. Mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. violence. It was, it was just pure showmanship. Yep, pure lyricism. To let him know, like, no, like showmanship, man. You you got the whole setup with the guy in the room and everything. That is that is a story. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is more than just <laughs> lyricism. That is like you took it to a level where guy knew that it didn't matter what he said because he could never beat that moment. That is a yeah. moment you created, my guy. That is so yeah. much bigger than just. That's like a put respect on my name level moment. It was. It was. It really, you know what? Now you said that it really was. And then the fact that I end up doing it two more times, like the last, the last time I did it was actually two years ago. The last time I would do something of that nature, but on a far large scale. <laughs> I look the third goal round. Yeah, I, I, we, we'll 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 talk about the second and the the third one. I'm gonna say for last. That that shit was beautiful. Nah, everything is sequential, right? Like I, that's yes, how I do yes, my yes. whole shit. You notice I don't try to rush ahead. In fact, if anything, I constantly reel people back in. I'm like, nah, nah, we'll get there. It's cool. It's cool. We're doing good now. This is so good what we're getting. I mean, I feel like honestly, you came in at the place it normally takes people like an hour and a half to get to. And it's made this ah. extra fucking fun. Awesome. Oh, so I get some water. Yeah, yeah, man, see you welcome. My apologies. Everybody on the Twitch life knows what it is. It's like we, we just do it. It's the internet. It's like it's, it's not like we live in this world where water magically comes very often. At least not often. Sometimes if you're really nice and you ask it comes sometimes, but you got you know, sometimes. I would have, I would have asked him like, "Hey, can you bring me some water?" But she is probably looking at AEW right now. Oh, big respect! And I'm, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get an update. Do you, Certain, do you hear I'm that? Right now. Do you hear that level of yeah. consideration that Exoskeleton puts in? Consideration. He didn't want to inconvenience her. Wow! <laughs> big respect, my guy. Big <laughs> fucking respect <laughs> like that. Um, I try, man. That's what we. That's what we can do. Just try. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so I guess you're in your. How old are you when you bodied this guy? Like early twenties? I don't know exactly. I'm trying yeah, to... I'm gonna say like probably like 20, 20, 23, 24. So at this point, uh, you're you're basically got your comic universe flushed out a little bit. Um, are you still mm-hmm. making? You, you've you've become the beat maker. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming through, Viper. You do your work thing and do that. It's always more important. Thanks, bro. Appreciate always you, man. more important. Don't even get me wrong. Um, thank you, bro. But, like, but yeah, and then it's like, so you're making beats, you're rapping, you're doing all the things. So how does how are you doing live shows at this point? 
<laughs> Tizzy, why? Yeah, I I end up sharing that story with Tizzy and um and um Brian lyrics. Um, I think like the first official time we sat and started writing, we was writing for the song um Round and Round. Yeah, I told him about that, and yeah, he was like, "Oh, I do my thing." Um, I had the same so, thought. I was like, hmm, "Yo, EXO's <laughs> not gonna be bodying me anytime soon." <laughs> oh shit! No. <laughs> No, if anything, I'm glad Sir Tizzy is on my team because, yeah, that guy, he, he he's something special. It, it, we we took a ride out D.C. And from the time we left to the time we got out there, I want to say I played, that's like a block of my instrumentals, half an hour, Tizzy was on it, bodying, no stumbling, just spitting. I'm sitting in the back seat like, I wasn't even going to try to jump in. I was like, yo, he just kept going like, you know what? Fuck it. Let him have his fun. He was going off. I'm saying at that point, I was like, I am so happy he is with me because God, I don't feel like <laughs> that's a whole different kind of battle. I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> so. Yeah, Alex or Tizzy too. He's a fun guy. We, we, we had a nice long conversation and uh, yeah, that was a fun, that was a good Monday. That's all I can say. That was a fucking good Monday. Um, but uh, all right. So, yeah. Did you do a bunch of live stuff at that point? Shows and whatnot? so. So around this time, um, I'm still doing, I'm still doing the artwork. I started getting into, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, yes, so I started working at a um. Uh, the local clothing store. Um, and well, the title that I had was store manager. Who the fuck am I managing? I'm the only one in here, but whatever. So, store manager slash the graphic design artist. That was like a lead design artist. I'm the only one in here. You're not getting your artwork from nobody else, but okay, whatever. Um, at this time, I'm almost certain I was really starting to get my feet wet into the real world of um, doing graphic work and freelancing. Um, and, you know, oh, I was also airbrushing as well. So doing like custom shoes, shirts and stuff like that because I was working with someone at a, um, at a mall here called Mondami Mall. Mondami Mall was like one of the hubs for airbrush and getting custom stuff done so i worked in that in that in that area music wise i was just starting to do shows out um brooklyn maryland it was a spot called um club taste international and they had this thing called rock the mic they had it like every wednesday the first wednesday of every month and i was a regular i mean traveling back and forth all that which is I think it was like an hour ride going back and forth. But I did this for like two years straight. So it was to the point where I was starting to earn a name and people were seeing me. Like, yo, you jumping on stage? Like, oh, yeah. They see, if they seen me, I just rocked the mic. They seen me that day. They knew I was jumping on stage. It was like no question. And also around this time, as far as a producer, I was, I was like really starting to find my groove. And I was um, submitting my my beats to um, Strictly Hip Hop 88.9, they had a test band. 
um segment you know producers send you can either send your music your beats or like songs i was only sending beats because i really didn't have no way to record it at this time so i was just sending beats and i my first time doing it a loss naturally like all right you know take a shot in the dark hope you make the shadows bleed apparently they didn't life bless them learn but i'm still doing i'm still performing you know getting my feet wet you know jumping on stage killing stuff also around this time the name precision is completely gone i am no longer precision i had to let go of the name that's because um the producer group called the executioners one of the members name is precision he has legal rights to that shit i'm like i don't so i have to get rid of it i can't carry that name so now i have to find a name <laughs> and i distinctly remember me and street we had we had our regular rap names then we had producer names mine was xo like the drink and his is cognac <laughs> because our our beats will get you fucked up that was our frame of mind why did we think that shit? who knows but it was cool to us so my name was just straight x dash o and i remember someone opening up uh they wanted to open up a clothing store and have different artists on board to draw stuff on the main and when i went in there you know the lady was like um what's your name i said xo she didn't put xo she put e xo and i just stared at him i was like that's not my ball hold on i was like oh shit i never thought the fucking spell like that and then i thought about exo squad i love that fucking cartoon <laughs> i love exo squad so i'm like damn xo and i'm really saying that like i do need a new name and i just can't use xo xo i'm like what the hell is that thing called the exterior of a of a um of an insect what do they have exoskeleton I'm like, oh shit that's the name i'm gonna go under exoskeleton and then i create so exo is actually an acronym which is excellent organizer so boom there you go that's where the name came from also the name is also modeled after one of my favorite animes the guyver because the guyver has what ladies and gentlemen an exoskeleton boom See, you learned something today. <laughs> I love that. I like the way you break shit down. It's a cool name. Uh, you, you're Thank very good you. at this uh, storytelling thing, which is fun. Thank you. And you, Thank you. You, so why I say it's fun is because sometimes uh, MCs and rappers are not good at actually telling stories about their life. It's not that they're bad storytellers, but they're bad at the life stories. They're okay with the like pre-scripted artist stories, but then you get to the life stuff and it's like, you know, bring that charm in. And right, like, right, right, right. It's almost like they can't code switch into it. You're like, fuck that. This is a whole experience because my life's the alter ego. Yes. See? There yeah, we go. Man. I, I fuck it. I fuck yeah, with it. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nah, I'm having a great time. Yo, did you think about making an album concept about a superhero slash have you done that because we didn't get there yet? No. I'm lying. I did think about that shit. I did think about that. Um... Ghostface, he has two albums called 12 Reason to Die, and it's on some comic book superhero shit. And he also has 36 seasons, did the same exact thing. And I'm looking like, yo, 
I think I I'm just mind doing something like that. A comic book concept based album. So it did cross my mind to do something like that. But yes, yeah, so that's a good question. I was thinking about that. That is a good question. Uh, one of my favorite rap songs is Secret Wars by The Last Emperor about superheroes versus rappers. God damn it, you are the fucking truth because I was about to no, say was, something about was, that. That is comment. my favorite. Just gotta give him the props for that. Oh, awesome. I love that fucking song. Oh my God, when I finally found it, like, I was like, I was in the bathroom taking a dump and it popped up in my head like, damn, yo, what the fuck that song? What was the name of that song? And I like YouTubed it. And I just played that bitch on repeat. Like, yo, I love it. I remember late nights listening to 88.9, hoping I heard that song. And there's a part two to it. There was a part two to it. And that shit was just as good as the first one. I fucking love that song. Thank you, Ishmael. You are the truth, sir. Because, God yo, damn it, I love that song. Wonderful guy. Oh, in the comments. Yes, yes, yes. He is very underrated. Very, very underrated. Damn. That shit took me back. <laughs> it's just fucking time. I just jumped in the time portal just now. That was awesome. That's dope. We like time portals over here because then it goes to all the fun stuff that nobody's ever going to talk about usually. And that's why it's usually. fun. I mean, it's not that people don't talk about it. It's usually just not the stuff you find. I got really bored with a lot of interviews with artists and stuff. I'm like, nobody talks about stuff I want to talk about. I'd rather talk about your comic book universe and all the other weird shit. And like... I never asked, like, well, unless I get asked by the comments, like, I try to avoid questions like, who's your favorite rapper? I'm like, I mean, sure, cool, but, I mean, like, like, it's, like, easy to get that from a million other interviews and shit, so let's fuck it, let's go run with the comic book universes and all the other fun life story shit, so it's, like, fill the wiki page in my head, that's how I look at this, like, all the chapters and blocks we can add to fill out the wiki page, at least in my head, of who you are as a person, or at least exoskeleton. So it's cool. Right, right, right. But um, all of that stuff, too, like, you know, if it organically comes up that people love shit, sure, that's fun, too. Don't get me wrong. That's the, this, so I found, I actually found a beat that I smashed the first guy to. It was Jewel Santana, the Dipset, dipset Anthem. I don't mm -hmm. know if I played this shit. It might get played by Twitch, so I'm not going to do it. You know, you're yeah. good. You're good. You can play it, and then my dude's going to, like, uh, this beat. Yo, Chris, edit this out. Hi. Yo, I killed his ass to this fucking beat. I remember that shit. I destroyed him. <laughs> Great, Scott. I gave that man a hard way to go in life. I didn't realize I did all that damage to him until he told me. I was saying about like, God damn. I was like, why if I can do this shit again? I did. <laughs> I love it. Damn it, I did. Nah, you got a great energy to it. Because you know what? It's like greatness. And you know what? It's coming from a place of you put time and effort into everything you did. And it shows. That's that's what I take from it. So now when folk like you proceed to talk about all the dope shit that happens, especially with the comic book level humility, it's uh, it's quite enjoyable. I, I, I happen to at least find these to be the more fun kinds of interviews. Uh, cause yo, we're an hour and a half deep and we're not even like anywhere. We're still in like the inception phases of shit. Okay. That's fresh. Ah, awesome. That's awesome. That's dope. That's how That's I dope. see it. So, um, you body the guy, you're doing the stages. You're at the point where you're mm -hmm. submitting beats to the radio thing. I think it's the radio. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
and uh, you didn't win at first, and then I don't know what yeah. happens. I guess you so. I, I didn't win. Kind of, sort of discouraged, yeah, but I was still at it. <clears throat> Unfortunately, my my comic book world takes a back seat because now I'm getting into the world of doing graphic design. So taking on like doing tattoos for people, doing logos here and there, nothing too big, like little small stuff, doing designs for the guy that I'm working for down um downtown, you know, for his clothing line. I'm creating designs and stuff like that. So I mean I was still doing the comic book stuff, but not as deep as I was. And also uh um I gained a mentor. Um, from the church that I was in. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the whole time I was doing this, I was uh, went to church religiously. Yo, were you every singing Sunday. in choirs and shit? Were you involved? In not at all. <laughs> that Yo. is not happening. <laughs> Yo, so you got you got to ask, man. I found out there's a whole grind of the church. There's what I call the church grind of Montreal. Or, church grind, yes. Because, <laughs> yo, if these people went to the same church that had this bless-ass music program, and it effectively it creates the environment that youth uh, youth centers create with open mics and shit, only it's gospel music. And then mm -hmm. no one's looking, you know, you get a little jiggy with it. So, like, <laughs> all these people turned into hip-hop artists. So there's a whole collective of these artists that come from this, like, so it's like, to me, it's fascinating. And there is literally a church grind in Montreal. Nice, yeah, man. Um, yep. I I was in church. I was part of the youth group. Um, the youth groups. Are I was. Yeah, I was part of the men's ministry. I didn't sing, but like when we had like special events for like, like we say for Mother's Day or something like that on Men's Day, I would be in the choir singing so low that you can't hear me like in the back but i was there <laughs> so i was there and that was so it, it kind of so this played in my favor by me being a church member and, and part of youth ministry and everybody in that knew that i knew how to draw a lot of my clients when i was airbrushing was from the church so can you imagine on sundays you see this little dude in a bag with a bag doing the fucking handoffs. The person giving you money, you giving them the bag and shit like a goddamn truck exchange in church. Like, no, it's just t-shirts and I airbrush. That's all. <laughs> and I'm just, just so happy we meet up on Sundays. Sorry, that's no other place that we thought about. <laughs> Sitting in the back, getting the blessing and being a blessing. See, that's how I operate. <laughs> My parents are like, what the hell? What are y'all doing back there? Uh, he ordered some shirts from me, and I'm getting the money from him. See? Because <laughs> they thought I was doing, like, dr drug deals and shit. Like, the people started, like, telling my mother, like, Sister Diane, you know your son back there? Like, handing out packets, doing drugs. My mother was like, well, he's not. He's doing T-shirts. Like, what are you doing back there? I'm selling T-shirts. Come on, man. Making a good living though, like I'm walking away like two fifty every Sunday. It's awesome. The hell, <laughs> like damn, I wasn't expecting to do this. This is great, but still doing the music at the same time. But it's like my art started taking over more. Like I was still 
I'm saying let's go on the shows and like you know here and there like me and my brothers will put songs together but airbrushing and designing so now we're getting into me working downtown and working on my dormant so now I'm doing airbrushing and I'm designing um clothes designing clothes like doing designs putting them on there then I learn how to use um the vinyl platter dealing with vinyl <clears throat> using Corel drawer to make the design print out it print it out heat press put on t-shirts like this is stuff I'm trying to ever like the guy that I was working for downtown he <laughs> wasn't trying to teach me this shit so I taught myself I was learning looking at him watching what he was doing like he would give me sometimes he would give me like the pick designs because we had to put them I had to put them on the t-shirts before the store opened up I'm like well how the fuck did you print this out he would show me how he printed it out but he wasn't showing me like he was like oh you just hit this button and boom it happens not showing me that's literally a whole fucking process that's the only thing he was showing me and I taught myself this process Right before I knew your name, by looking on YouTube or Google, I was just watching and doing this shit through trial and error. And I'm walking, you know, he he come in the store, remember, airbrush, designing clothes. So I'm taking I'm taking what I'm learning from airbrushing and then I'm applying it to this guy's clothing. And I'm starting making my own clothes. I had like a black t-shirt with blue and yellow splats on it, but then I created like this bird like phoenix with a crown like on the top right of my shirt and that got the blue and yellow color on it and people looking like like damn where's that shirt at i'm like oh no this is custom i made this and like oh shit how much you charge and i'm like oh um i don't know this <laughs> shit twenty dollars my dude like oh shit make one and you know i'll come bring you the money and then the guy that I was working for, he was getting mad about this shit. Like, he told, I distinctly remember him telling me to not tell nobody that I was the one making these designs on his fucking wall. And me being young, naive, not knowing the game and shit, like, oh, okay, I won't. You know, and the people like, yo, whoever, whoever the artist is, this shit is like Ed Hardy quality. And I'm like, I'm sitting back like, like wait, yo, that's me. I did this. Like, no, it's not you. I had to pull out my drone, but like, yo, look. Like, oh, shit. You know, and, and the guy that I was working for, he came like, yo, why you do that? I'm like, man, I, I gotta, I, I gotta get out there too. Like, yeah, I'm working here, but ultimately my idea is to like, put myself out there. It's like, he didn't want that to happen. So, all this shit was going down and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, you you out here working from 9 in the damn a.m. to 9 at night, six days a fucking week, only to get $125. And you're not getting no, and you're not getting no percentage from the designs that you're making, and you're getting the designs for free. Mm -mm. This is a bad look. I didn't have nobody to come along. And yes, I was like a close close writer. Yes, I was. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. have nobody there. <laughs> she she's on it. She's I didn't have nobody to come she is, she is. She didn't, I didn't have nobody to come along and like guide me. Like I had I had a mentor. Mm. Um 
Brother Paul. But as far as the, the business aspect and stuff like that, I didn't have nobody to come along to guide me. I literally <clears throat> had to, like, I had to do this shit on my own. So, and I was playing my instrumentals where I was working at. Not only that, like, rapping, I got I got in a couple battles. Nothing to, you know, yell about. Of course, I beat them. But I'm like, eh. But this is this is this is my it happened. But this is my art phase. So the music was there, but it really wasn't, you know. <clears throat> so I had to make a conscious decision. Am I going to keep working for a person that doesn't appreciate my gifts and my talents? Is going to keep using me the way that he is? I'm going to fucking leave. Mm. I left. I gave. I told him. I was like, dude. I need more money. And I broke everything down to him. Like, yo, you literally have your own workhorse here. And you're paying me. You're paying me a trident layers, my dude. Like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> like, yo, I literally banged out 65 t-shirts front and back within a three-hour span with no problems. So I gave him my ultimatum. I was like, either you pay me more or I'm leaving. His words was, treat me like the white man. I said, if I did treat you like the white man, he would be paying me more. We would not be having this conversation. I took the damn keys. I felt like I was in a fucking wedding. I took the damn, I mean, I was in a marriage. I took the keys, put the shit on the counter and bopped. <clears throat> took my drawing book that had his summer, winter, spring, and fall setup. I, I went from designing images on a t-shirt to doing full-on, like, designing clothes. Like, not just your, not just your typical t-shirts and sweatpants. No, I'm really designing shit for him that was getting approval from his business partners. But he didn't know about it. Something told me to keep that shit close to the vest. And I, and I knew I did the right thing. Like, I literally had his collection set up in a drawing book. And I sat there for countless days. They all had 10, 10 different designs a piece for each season. had 10 different um, pieces of clothing. We're talking about sweatpants, hoodies, T-shirts, the ball jackets for men, women, kids, all that shit. And I just took it with me. We fucked it up. <laughs> and I never looked back. I'm like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta like do something for myself now because this, this is this, that's too much. So, and that also was the birth of the first iteration of Red Designs. It was originally called um, Red Fox. So, I think it's like interesting uh, on a lot of levels. <clears throat> um, first of all, <clears throat> I think you're the first clothing designer <clears throat> person I talked to. I might be wrong. But to the extent that you've described, nope, not not anybody that's doing that level of shit. Um, so kudos. That's super nifty. Thank you. Uh, it's part of why I was shutting the fuck up. I'm like, this is all novel information. I got nothing to contribute on this part. But then I started going, yo, that's some big time exploitation. And if it happened to you, it happens all over. Mm -hmm. So I'm really mm -hmm. glad you shared that shit because I don't know a lot about that. 
I've never thought about it. I'm sure a lot of people don't think about it. I'm sure a lot of us don't question who designs what, who gets the credits, and never even thought at one time about checking into that thing because maybe everybody's a close ghostwriter and not a lot of people are getting the credit they deserve because it's not by choice, unlike how it works in other industries. Right. Right. Like nobody's selling bars like gun to your head type shit. You, you know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You just got to take your energy, man. Like the, the, being uh, um, being an artist, a uh, graphic artist, or a freelance artist, it's it's not easy. And you really got to be. If you don't have the legal knowledge, if you don't have like a strong support system and people backing you, motherfuckers will try to hang to take advantage to steal. And like snatch every ounce from you and pay you nothing. Like yo, artists, comic book artists, graphic artists, we get no fucking respect. You think producers don't get no respect? The beat makers, nah, <clears throat> nah, they get way more respect than we do. That's the goddamn truth. Like they gotta fight for that. It's, no, we gotta like cause wars. I'm talking about like world wars. I'm talking about like either we're gonna take you to court or we're going to show up at your front door like the 18 type boys it's horrible man it is horrible (laughs) that's fair i don't ever think about designers who makes the albums so if i'm never even think about it and i'm like trying to be mad open-minded about credits i like i know who makes my album art i think about them but um right i don't actually look at other people's album art and go that person is also equally part in some well not equally i don't know if i'm going to go with the album covers equal but definitely a part of the bigger picture of this entire album experience or single experience in some cases it's the landing page so it's Mm -hmm. totally part of the process and i never really go who's the ill designer like i could not list five industry designers Mm -hmm. life dependent on it and that's probably not a good thing (laughs) <laughs> don't feel bad i'm 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 starting to get into it. I'm, I'm gonna have to start like putting down names of some ls graphic artist designers one of the people but i mean i need to find out who the hell this artist was but the first time i really start paying attention to an album cover liquid swords that mm-hmm. had to have been the dopest fucking album cover i've ever seen i was like wait like, yo, is that just taking somebody head off? God damn, this is dope as shit. And I'm looking like, yo, it's comic the book. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to do the same thing. Like, Liquid Swords, that is by far one of my favorite uh, album covers. So, but so, next next to Pink Floyd. I, I, I like to um, answer, Jack, but Lindell uh, is saying he's got a dip off and he wants to know your top three MCs and he knows I won't ask unless he makes me. Top three MCs. Ah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. This is going to be probably wild, but in no order. Inspector that currently, right now. No, no, I ain't gonna say currently. Inspector that you pay fiasco. Number three. Number Black Thought. There we I, go. I, I fuck with your list more than most of the top threes I've gotten. I like that. 
I like that a lot, actually. That's a cool thank list. You, thank you. With thank that. you. I didn't really care much about Inspector Deck until that group Sarface or whatever. I think he's in Sarface. I might be... ah, fucking love Sarface. And then I reviewed a few other shits and I realized how much I like Inspector Deck. And I'm like, oh, he's dope. I fucks with it. That's uh, my dude. I fucks with Inspector Deck. Lupe, I mean, shit. I, mean, it's, I don't have to explain anything. It's Lupe. If you, you, right, you, right, right, right. <laughs> you either understand what I mean or you're like, fuck out of here. And I respect that. I do. I really, really do. But the man invented a fucking fable in the modern era and told it through nine tracks across his album. Get the fuck out of here if you don't call that greatness. <clears throat> Yo, that's dope as shit, y'all. Fucking love okay? Yo, it's, he's a great artist. Um, And then Black Dot is impressive to this day from the very first time. So, I mean, God. it is what it is. God damn. That man. Ugh. Ugh, it's disgusting. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes any I... rapper door, any rapper door missile that anybody, anybody door missile that any rapper come before me, I'm a door missile back. When he said that shit, I was like, God damn, okay, <laughs> shit, <laughs> scary, <laughs> fucking love it. All right, so uh, in your early, let's say, what happens next with your career after the setting up beats MC phase that you were describing there? What what is the next like elevation point? You do so you're doing the work. And then you're involved in the clothing. You dip out the clothing. That's where we're at in the story. I caught up. So what comes after that? After that, we go into my... Damn, I didn't even mention my first album. Fuck. Wow. When does your uh, first album come? We should probably talk album, about that. <laughs> so my first, my first album, Under Precision, happened in 2008. Two, mm-hmm. shit, yep. It was okay. I could tell you this much, and I, and to this day, I'm trying to um, salvage or find it. That album, that was a very angry young man. My first album was called The Magnificent Butcher. I did draw the album cover. It was me, Rose, looking like a damn samurai. I had like a, a, a microphone going around my, my samurai gear and I had one sword coming out and shit and one arm looking like um looking like um what was the name of the fucking anime? Sword of Truth. Which okay. is h- how the album kicks off. So um yep. Yo, my channel you badge would. is a sword of truth. I've loved Sword of Truth. No, I started from oh, that. I mean, I mean, like, the thing, my little symbol for my subscribers is a sword that has the word truth across it. So it's nice. A I fucking like that. <laughs> Just anytime I hear Sword of Truth, I'm like, this shit's fire. It is one of the most powerful. Uh, it's the most powerful thing I took from the Bible, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that shit is. Yeah. I, 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 I do live by that. I like that shit. That's pretty amazing. It's a great. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, that that the Magnificent Butcher was definitely it was a good learning experience. It was a good song. I mean, a good um project. But I just remember me being super angry. You know, lyrically I was there, but I could hear the anger. I was like, yeah, there's something wrong with that kid. So that was that was my first under precision. But now that we're older, we get into exoskeleton. An actual skeleton first project. Now around this time frame. Oh man. 
beats. I done run a test band multiple times. I even hosted, um, I host, I ended up hosting it like twice. Artist Takeover. You know, I'm a regular at um, Morgan State. Um, but still, um, was like a regular at um, Taste International to the point that, like I said, whenever I walked up in that day, I knew who I was. Um, made a name for myself there. Um, started getting to know people on the underground circuit, <clears throat> um, in the bottom of underground, bottom of hip hop circuit. Um, what else? What else? What else? Let's see. Test been when I graduated from college, test college of technology, and I'm doing um, AutoCAD. Okay. Doing, so, yeah. Another form of graphic engineer. Just so the people um, know out there, that's the engineering shit. That's what you make blueprints yep. and crap in. Yep, yep, yep. Um, they, uh, what else, what else, what else, what else? I started recording, working on a new project. Um, me and my brothers, we, the, the faction, we went from the faction to ICF. So ICF is short for Iron Curtain Family. So we working on we working on that, and I'm working on my project. So now I have my solo project under Exoskeleton. The name of this project is called There's One Amongst Us, and this project was it was good. I do love There's One Amongst Us, but I knew I was I was more mature. But I knew I was in a different area in my mind. I was super creative because I, I listen to that shit now versus what I listen to with my beats now. I'm like, wow, I was like, I knew I was in the, I was in the creative space with this one. We started to do more with Photoshop. I started getting into that more. Um, Yo, that's a great question. If we can just stop, because I might forget to ask this later, but I was super curious. Uh, I saw you were on Audio Mac and not on Spotify. And what's the reason behind it? Because I have no idea what the fucking Audio Mac is and why you're on it. Okay, so the simple question that was money. I didn't have the money to get my stuff on Spotify. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it costs no. money to put that stuff on. <laughs> that's a good answer. Like, and you know why it's so a good answer? Because not everyone has money and people need solutions. Right. So <clears throat> Audio Mac is a free, um, it's like a free way to they allow people to put their music on there for free like either be a mixtape or like a whole project there's a lot of people that i know that's in the baltimore hip-hop scene that has music or audio make and i knew besides soundcloud i knew that was my other source and a lot of people go to audio make so you got audio make and i know that piff I think that Piff was free to upload music on. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Are you interested in putting your music on Bandcamp? I am actually interested in putting my music on Bandcamp. You should really Bandcamp. do that. It is yeah, free I'm, I'm, and easy, and you get paid. So it is. Holy shit. So that's going to happen. Thank you. You know what? This guy, Ishmael. I don't know who you work for, but get this guy a fucking raise. I like him. He is. Oh, Ishmael's <laughs> the homie. He's just... Ishmael just showed up one day and has truly turned out to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. Salute <clears throat> to you, sir. I, I fucks with you heavy. No, it's true, man. He really is. But yeah, he pushes Bandcamp. The, the breakdown of Bandcamp is mad simple. 
everyone else takes out a large chunk of your album sales and they're like fuck that shit and they do have pro services so they make their money in some way or another and they take a smaller chunk of whatever you sell but um I, you upload I, I actually have to do it for whatever shit i just put out i haven't done it yet because it takes a minute like i mean it takes about 45 minutes to an hour and you upload everything and you add your credits and you put your album art and you just it just it's that kind of shit you know it's the same as putting it on soundcloud and then yeah, yeah they only get 15 percent or whatever and then nice. uh you put your price or you can put it free and name your price and then you can add some custom graphic shit. My graphic designer back in the day did it to my band camp, and I don't know how he did it, so I just left it, and one day I'll change it. it. But it's, it's it's not the right branding, and I know it. Um, but, yeah, you can play with that shit. And um, honestly, uh, somebody might buy your shit, somebody might not, but they can all play it there too because it's a really shitty player. I hate the band camp player. But it's very functional for moments like when I'm looking for your music as a reviewer, interviewer person, and I want to play it on stream. Because then it's a flex as an ad that they can come by it at one time at a subtle level without me saying it. I can just slide the band camp over. I never oh, thought of that before. Shit, shit I should have thought of that way before now. I started telling people that. This is a good move. Ishmael, look at that. You got me on board in some way with a band camp play. <laughs> Ishmael's been pushing band camp for like three fucking years on me. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to hop on that. Thank you, sir. That's going to be one of the missions for before I go to sleep tonight. Awesome. Thank you. I Yo. will be doing that. Yeah, it's mad simple. If I thought it was literally going to take you longer than that, for real, real, I would have said so. But, I mean, you're clearly very capable. If you can use AutoCAD, you're fucking fine, my guy. <laughs> thank you, I work thank in the you, PDF you. industry, so we have to make sure we're compatible with it. And believe it or not, I've seen the documents that get created through engineers with that program. And I'm just like, yo, like, yeah, I shit, bro. man. Man, I look. I can't. I can sit up here and tell you some of the drawings that either I had to do, or um, I know I, when I finally got a job in the AutoCAD, I worked for a company called Spirit Vine Associates, and I had to clean up that work, simplified recommendation. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, yeah, the shit is it's, it's intricate. Like I'm sitting, I'm maybe sitting here looking at um HGTV with my lady and shit. And whenever they show the floor plans, I'll just be looking at it and I'll be breaking it down. She's like, "What does that mean?" My like, oh, this is this, that, and the third. I'm thinking to myself, like, "Shit, I still know this." So wow, like, damn, these floor plans looks actually pretty fucking good. So like, I see it, it always comes playing back for some reason. I haven't did it in a while, but I look like, "Oh shit, that's what that is." I remember that. Okay. No, I feel that. I once uh, dibbled and dabbled with the software because I had access to one of them that wasn't AutoCAD. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. This is hard. I um, I can't. Yo, I opened up 3D Paint. Because if you didn't know, oh, there's 3D Paint on your windows right now for free. They uh -huh. pushed it on us for a second and the world was like, nope. And then they went back yep. to old paint. But 3D Paint was weird and I couldn't do anything. I was bad at 3D paint in a way that I would have needed to watch YouTube videos to get good at. And that, look, you just, you don't want to get good at the free paint app. You just don't want to have to no, feel like that in your 30s. So you go back to the no, old paint no. that you're comfortable with. <laughs> and it sounds yes, like... I found that, oh, no, no, you good. When I found out that, I was like, they got 3D paint. And I looked at it, I was like, 
what the fuck? Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I like this. I got excited. I got but super you excited. understand it. It's like you you already play with it. So the the truth is, it's just knowledge sets and tools. Like within six months, I could be a mediocre designer. I just don't really want to do it because it's, it's not it's, that it's, interesting to me. I much prefer somebody like you who loves doing it well to come up with cool, well things that make it look better than me. And then I'll focus on the things I know how to do. And then everybody plays a role that is beautiful to their character. Kind of like a comic book universe has a team of people that each has a specialized responsibility. Right. And in a sense, right. that's what a amalgamation of people working towards greatness is. Right. True, true, true. So, so true. So, like, if we oh, go yeah. back to, like, uh, the first exoskeleton project, I don't know if we were in the middle yeah. of that or something. I think we were in the middle of that yeah. story. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, there's was and monsters. I was working on it, you know, getting everything together. Of course, everything, all tracks was produced by me minus two. The two tracks that was produced by me was by Street Scott at this time. So his name changed, Street Scott, you know, and that's he's still the homie, but everybody like everybody like paths is different now. So working on it, getting tracks together, stuff like that. Um my album cover, my lady, she took the picture of it and I just did some photo excuse me, Photoshop shit with it. I dropped it, everybody liked it, you know, I started doing shows. Um in the Baltimore, underground Baltimore hip-hop circuit. So now I'm performing at Club Sonar and um, Five Seasons and uh, what's another place I've been finding? Performing. Fish Head Canteen, um, Bourbon Street. Like, I was, I, was, I was starting to get heavy into it now. Now I'm, now I'm knowing who people are in the underground hip-hop circuit. And now my name is starting to, like, you know, gain more traction, like, people was knowing who I was, you know, like, oh, man, Exoskeleton, I heard about you, you know, I heard about you from, from 80.9, being the only nine-time testing winner with the beats, you know, I went from losing one time to winning a total of nine, <laughs> so, talk about big leap, um, also, at this time, during the Exos, the beginning stages of Exoskeleton, this is where the second body come in at. So, <laughs> this guy I was working with, you know, helping him with the whole music shit. Like, we we met up, you know, he wanted to do music. I wanted to do music. But he knew a lot more than I do. Like, he knew what websites to go to, um, how to uh, copyright your music and shit like that. You know, he's the whole marketing side. He knew this side. He knew this part. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we, we formed a union, start clicking, hanging out, stuff like that. Met each other here and there. I would come over and record and stuff like that. And I would learn different things about editing and stuff like that. And I would teach him different things about making beats because his his um, style of making beats is, you know, by the program to have the drag and drop, you know, everything pre-made, you know, he's not sitting over there literally making like drum patterns or loops and you no know, sampling and stuff like that and none of that. He just drag, drop, drag, drop, putting stuff together, match, you know, look at this beat I made. 
like, yo, you didn't make that, but okay, that's what's up. You know, you said you make it, you made it. But I digress. So no, that's a super interesting was, distinction. Break that down a little bit more. You're a, you're an expert in this field, and we are not, and you're bridging gaps. So I think it's actually important to give the rest of the audience the knowledge to discern the difference with the language of what that means from a place of knowledge. So it's worth doing. It's not throwing shade. Okay. Okay. So drag and drop meaning this. A lot of um, programs literally have beat patterns and or sounds that's pre-made. And all you do, literally what it says, you find what you like to hear, drag, drop it on the track, and you match everything up. What sounds good together as far as this drum pattern or this melody? That's all it is. There's no going in, doing a whole drum pattern finding a dope-ass sample or synthesizing stuff like that, playing on the piano, keyboard, doing a whole instrumentation, right? So how are you doing it? There's none of that. All of that is literally set up for you. You don't have to do shit. That's drag and drop. So. And then <clears throat> what's the other side of it? Walk us through actually going through what you would consider making a beat then. So, as a matter of fact, actually... All right, so I, that little bleep sound, I'm in FL Studio, but I normally used to make beats. And ah, all right, here we go. All right, cool. Dude, that's, that's exactly what it looked like when I made the No Regrets Partner beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so this is what, what goes into it. And I know this is my setup. And everybody else's setup is totally, totally different. So I have my... My drum pattern. Play goddamn C pattern. Piano roll. I think it's because I'm running the running the spotlight. There we go. I don't know how good y'all can hear that. This shit. You speak this computer speakers is horrible. So we got your drum line. Um Snares, high hags, are you making me want to try to make a beat? These are all the drums? Yep. Probably can't hear the um. The bass is actually slow. Again, this computer speaker doesn't no justice. I hear like the semblance of what it is. Yeah. So vibe it, man. This is what goes into it. I'm talking about sitting here, getting your beats per minute together. The sample. Let me let me stop this real quick, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this real quick, and because a lot of people they they change the back. A lot of people shit on epic. A lot of people shit on people that make beats with samples. There's nothing wrong with a person taking a piano or synthesizing whatever it is and making a beat. I mean, making a, like uh, your melody and shit like that. That's dope. But to literally sit here, take a sample, chop it up, and manipulate those sounds that's already in there to create something totally different that you would never, like, oh, shit, I didn't know that came from that. Like, come on, dude. That's that's a, that's a different kind of magic. 
you know, look, I'm a fan of strings and live instruments and sitting every day and being composed together and making beautiful melodies. I'm a huge fan of that. Of course, I listen to classical music. That's, I have composers that I love. But that's just different. Like I said, it's a different kind of something to magic when your person could take a sample like, um, like Queen. Different kind of magic. And flip that bitch and you would never know. Or take um, um, Fleetwood Mac's um, The Change and make it something totally different. Or the Carpenters, um, if only you believe in miracles, and turn that shit into a club hit. Like, that's something different. That's something totally different. Or Silly Dance, Haitian's Divorce, which is one of my favorite fucking songs, and make something epic. Not a lot of people could do that. There's not a lot of people that could play the piano the way Alicia Keys played, or John Legend, or fucking Beethoven. But there's people out here that could play the piano that does this shit just as good. It's not a lot of people out here that can take um, We Will Rock You and turn that shit into a fucking love song. It's not a lot of people that can do that shit and do it justice. And you're not, they're not out there. So give respect to the fucking samples. God damn it. I'm tired of y'all assholes. I don't even God. know who hates on samplers. I know a lot of people that love samplers personally. So I'm like, yo, there's hate for that shit? Fair enough. No. You would be fucking surprised they exist and it is horrible my god like, Dang, I was just sitting there, kind of... like literally <laughs> i was listening to your music going wow it's so crazy how he's using these samples in such different ways than the other ways i've heard them used that was my appreciation of what you were doing personally but i've recently been doing this a lot and some people have explained to me the nuances of what the fuck's happening more in beats honestly even what you did here it helps it helps like enhance my understanding and anyone else that's watching like understand why people do things or what the real art is or all the cool shit with it you know like i'm not saying you have to like it stylistically that isn't the same conversation as offering the respect of the artness to it like to act like a dj that scratches and does whatever whatever and creates these semblances and sounds that just can't exist without the tool of like the dj doing his thing um you know what? You know what? Paul is just. Thank you. Get a fucking sample or some. Thank you, yo. See, you really shit. It's <laughs> facts. Um, it just seems like it's just fascinating, right? Like it's like people don't necessarily understand that there's more to the nuances of what makes the great ones great than say the one who just like yo. I'm the worst DJ ever. I just hit play. Oh shit! Sometimes that's all the hell you need to do. Without, y'all better enjoy this music and stop playing games. Huh? Um, yeah, but sometimes that's cool. But you you have to know. Yeah, you have to know how to do the other shit if you're actually good at it. I don't know. Yeah, so I actually got this shit. It's all good. So I actually got everything up now. So I had to fix my. So, all right. So patterns. So boom. Play. All right. So we played the drum. Okay. So you got your your snare. Hi hat, the crash assemble, another part, those sound effects, and then the sample. That's, that's a good loop. 
Today. Yeah, see that's the shit. Yes, goddamn, that's the shit. That's some hardcore hit, not boom back type shit that will make you bop your goddamn head. Yeah, I so, that. I was bopping my head before. Also, thank you, thank it's going to be unrelated, but I'm pretty sure we have the same model garbage can, so I like that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> How do you feel when you open a beat, make an ad for the first time? Oh, shit. Um, I felt at home, actually. And the reason why I got into... Um, FL Studio is because it looks it like the um the format look so much like MTV music generated. It looked just like it too. And I'm like, oh man, and street because that's what's one of the beat. That's the program that he uses. I seen him use it a lot. I'm like, yo, what you doing? Like I'm making a beat with this. What the hell is this? FL Studio. Well. At that time, it was called Fruity Loops before it was strictly FL Studio. But Fruity Loops, I'm like, what the hell is Fruity Loops? And then he pulled it up. I'm like, I'm like, damn, is that the music generator? It's like, no, nah, it's not MTV music generator. This is Fruity Loops. I'm like, oh shit. And I got my hands on it, got my first PC, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? This plays just like it and shit. Now, originally, I had reasons. That's what I started with. And I was using straight instruments. I was teaching myself how to play the piano, you know, teaching myself how to play the synth. I had like a little mini keyboard that I brought and shit like from the thrift store. Like all like all great producers, you you're not a great producer until you get a goddamn keyboard from a thrift store. You know, it's just makes it official for some reason. And I did that. And I was like, I would sit there, you know, play stuff out, you know, again, I'm using reasons. But then I was like, you know what, I got this FL studio. Let me take a dive in the day. And ever since then that hook like that's one of my favorite programs to use so which also goes back into you know the 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 second time i destroyed somebody so the beats i got him he was like you know what if you let me use these beats i get on copywriting for you it was a lot of money he was coming out of his pocket to do so i'm like you know what it's only right that that happens so it was like i think it was like 10 in total, no, it was like five. But one of the things I told him, I was like, look, let me know which one of these beats you're using so it doesn't clash into what me and my brother's doing with our projects. I didn't want no beef. You know, I, I actually wanted my brothers and this guy to work together. So he said, like, all right, bet that. Now, I didn't have a phone. I didn't like talking to people, to be honest with you. Like, me having a cell phone and stuff like that is a sure fucking miracle. But I had <laughs> but he knew other ways to get in contact with me. Like, you got my email address. You got me on MySpace, which is a big thing at the time. All that shit. Like, you still communicate with me. He was making songs with the beats and not telling me. And I'm like, yo, let me know what's going on. Again, it's all about respect. You know what I mean? You got the beat. You pay for it. You, you pay for it to get copyright thank you i appreciate that but please communicate with me let me know what's going on because i don't want no kind of conflict because like at this time like my brothers man they was it was some goddamn bullies they was they was 
it's blood hungry. Like this, this I'm like, you you could do something wrong, man. They they come at you. And I'm just really just want to keep peace. And he was like not listening at all, which was bullshit. And also around this time, I would meet my now best friend through him because she was with his group. She was working on her album and he had told her about me. Her name was Kim. And he was like, you know, this guy's he's good. He makes beats. He's dope. You need to meet him, blah, blah, blah. Me and her meet for the first time. Kicked it off. She's like, I've been trying to do this spoken word project for years working with him. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, how many tracks you looking for? I think it was, I think we did like six or nine, something in that area. I said, all right, don't worry about it. I may heard nine dope ass spoken word beats. We made them. She wrote to them. The next, like, we planned for like a two weeks to meet. She came over. We recorded the whole thing in one day. I mixed and matched this in the tour. Her album was done. It took this guy three years to get four tracks done. It took me like three, three to four weeks to have her whole album complete. Don't be mad at me because I, you know, I'm good at what I do, dude. So, you know, the whole, the whole beat situation, it was just like, like, dude, you're not, you're not respecting me. You're not respecting me and I don't like that. So, I gave him a warning. Delete all these beats off your PC, yo. Just give it all, everything. Because now, now we're not, we're not communicating. You're not agreeing with me. And I don't like you. Get rid of Because now I just probably feel like you're stealing from me. And I wasn't, I knew something was wrong because he was. So, it was starting to be a war words, you know, back and forth. And I end up at his house. Now, I walked up in his apartment and it's him, his group. And I sat down, I pulled a chair up, I sat down in front of him. I was like, if you don't delete all these track, all these beats off your PC, I am going to take this keyboard and go right across your face with you. I am not playing with you. <laughs> he deleted the beats. And it wasn't over. Because then I went home and I made the diss track. So, let me fast forward a little bit. Prior to all this happening, he decided that it was going to be fun for him to like do the stinky leg in his baby mother high heel boots. And I had my phone, my camera phone, and I was recording him. <laughs> and then I just cut everything off. He said, you recorded that? I was like, yeah. He was like, delete it. I was like, no, I think I'm going to need this. I don't know why I said that, but I kind of feel like it. And I was fucking right. Because I end up using it. I can actually pull the video up on YouTube right now if I wanted to. That video is still up. I made a fucked up video of him dancing in his baby mother high heel boots during the sinky bay. Yo, if you said, Straight up. <laughs> send, me that video. send me the link and I'll uh, share the audio with you and I'll play it for everyone. Um, It, it was to write said phrase, I'm too sexy for my shirt, oh, but it got flagged. <laughs> It got flagged because of the music, but it's still up. So, um, let's see if I still remember the name. Fuck, screw face. Yeah, dude, it was horrible. So, I made the video. I played it. I mean, I posted. I sent the video to him. 
I posted on his page. I posted on my page. I found Obama's page. I posted on his. I'm not lying when I tell you that I literally did that shit. Um, I got, I got, I got, I got interviewed by 88.9. But in the, while I was working on my um, there's one some monsters, and I played the diss track on the radio station. The name of the diss track was called Rings, and I killed him and his whole group like i i was on my eminem aftermath versus ja rule benzino and jermaine dupree like i just dedicated like a whole two months to killing everything that had anything to do with him and him and his group non-existent they cannot be found so now we can see that two careers have been bodied and and a squad, so it's more like bodies this time. Now you're just like you've elevated it. So we've added in some exponential math into the situation. That's um exoskeleton superhero shit if I ever heard it. Yep. The third one. And the Polish if Polish Shakespeare is that story. Yes, yes. If Polish Shakespeare is still here. The last one has a lot to do. It has something to do with her. Disclaimer: Do not fuck with nobody in my circle. I, I will destroy you. In general, <laughs> don't fuck with nobody in my story. I will destroy you. <laughs> nah, but I mean that's a, yeah. that's fair. I feel like that's just how people are in general. Like I don't know why people think they can just say and do what they want with no regard to consequence, and then claim this, yeah. that, the next thing. That's a side conversation for another time. I guess I could start ranting. I just caught myself, but uh, man, people can be baffling. Is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very but, uh, baffling. Yeah, baffling is is a good way to put it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like. I'm trying to have more empathy in my life. <laughs> but uh, I do when it's necessary. But these fair. events, not necessary at all. No, I'm a very empathetic person, but this is sometimes... No, sometimes just gotta, so you got to do what you got to do. And I completely agree with you. There are occasionally people in my life where I get into these moments where I'm like, oh, it's like that, eh? Oh, okay. It's like that. And then you get, you know, you get caught in the, the vibe of it. And then uh, you wait until the right moment and you do the right things. And then it's uh, legendary. And legendary uh-huh. is good. Anything I believe that makes a great story is often worth doing, even if it's at your expense. But it's better when it's not at your expense. <coughs> True. True. Damn it, I cannot find this shit. That's fair. It's gone. It happens sometimes. We were hopeful. It's still a good series of stories. Everyone can picture it. it. Is. And you destroyed the guy. You bodied some careers. I, I, exponential I growth. So awesome. Uh, if I find it out, if, if I stumble on it, I'll send it to you. Um, oh, the last guy. He wasn't even worth He wasn't, yo, but. Hey, you did, we'll Paul. This will yeah, do we'll that. Get, we'll get there later. We'll get there later. Because now we're, what, in the 2000s and somethings? Yes. I just don't know so, what that decade is really called. The 2000s, whatever that decade the is The 2010s, the 2010s. Um, and this time, so around this time, uh, I am in between two new projects. One is with, so unfortunately, me and my brothers, we had this thing where 
we was trying real hard to um, do a full group album. Now you gotta remember, it's five different heads trying to come under one roof, and it it, it, it was super difficult. It was difficult. Um, also, around this time, this was our first time opening up for a major act. Mm. Now I've before, now I've done shows, showcases, you know, perform and stuff like that, open mics and shit like that. But my brothers, they really haven't had a chance to do that. So this was me, like, all right, I'm going to expose all of us to it. So we opened up for Capadon, one of the original nine for the Wu Tang Clan, and I swear to God. I kind of felt bad at the end for Capadonna because, like, by the time it's time for him to come on, a good chunk of the crowd had left. Like, when me and my brothers came on the stage, man, I swear, we had people rocking from the front to the back to the left to the right. Like, that whole place just erupted. We was in that going off. And, goddamn, before we even hit on skill, jumped on stage, you can hear... Wu Tang's Triumph, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. That shit was playing in the back. The instrument was playing in the background. You just see us in the back going the fuck off. When it caught us to the stage, man, we just we, we killed it. We killed it. So that happened, and now I'm working on. Since we couldn't do a project together as brothers, we decided to make two separate groups. The first group was um, the Chrism Guards. So it's me and my two older, older brothers. So now we've got Exoskeleton, Lazarus Lex, and the Man of Bronze. As a matter of fact, on Audio Mac, when you was playing the Black EP, that album that was right there at the bottom right, that's the Chrism Guard's first um, project called Vanguards. And I drew the front cover. Mm. Um, nine tracks, Vanguards was good. So Vanguards... Is centered around another one of my favorite movies, The Boondock Saints. A lot of that, a lot of stuff is like, I like took, I might make mad skits from The Boondock Saints on The Chrism Guards. Like, the way that it played, like, when, once I finished everything, I let my brothers hear it. They was like, yo, that shit hard from beginning to end. So whenever, every St. Patrick's Day, it's a religion. I would look at, I would play the Chrism Guards, and I would look at Boondock Saints. Just, just to hear everything together is fucking perfectly done in my eyes. It was like, that was a good album. That was a good project. A lot of stuff came from that. Um, we did, um, we had two singles. The Hot, the Corn, the Vicious, and I think it was Suicide. It was like a two singles. The Hot, the Corn, the Vicious, my brother, the first verse, my brother, the Man of Bronze. Yo, <laughs> you want to talk about lyrics? You want to talk about a lyrical person? This dude, he he has his way of saying shit that and once you hear it, you're like, wait a minute, where the fuck did you get that from? He He's known for using a lot of Bible verses. But you, you really got to pay attention to catch what he said. And one of the things that my brother said, and it resonates with me to this day, he said, for every Jesus, there's a Judas. That's why I keep my eyes on my team. The cipher will from the fate. Snakes hate what I do. 
they want my zone at all costs. I'm like, God damn. That that was real as shit. Ain't like he's telling the truth for every Jesus as a Jesus. Meaning for every person that was chosen to do something amazing in our life, there's always a friend that's going to take them down or backstab them. The, the person that's the closest to you is typically normally the first person to take you down. So you got to keep your eyes on everybody, no matter what. So that, that was a life lesson from that one. But I'm ran off track. My apologies. Oh, but, this um, is perfect. You're yeah. being wonderful. This is what we want. Oh. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your so, alter ego is delivering excellently. <laughs> awesome. Hi, Mr. Complete. So, um, um, so we in we in the middle of doing. I'm in the middle of doing the vanguards, McChrism guards, vanguards. That's done. Um, I shot my very first music video um from off of my project um that's one of the monsters so i did decide to shoot a video the first one the first one was called um you may die that's the last track on the album and it features street scott god i hate the video <laughs> like i was like when you want to talk about early you want to talk about the beginning phases look at you may die versus um fighting forces you will fucking see the growth god i hate that video but i did it and i and i, I did it with a smile on my face um i use adobe after effects i don't i didn't know shit about after effects i just know it's a difficult ass fucking program to use and it, god it took a lot of fucking program I, I hate it. I hate it. But God is so good and you use so much of your process. I mean, like, if you don't have a good video card and RAM and memory, you're fucked. There's no reason you should be using that shit. Um, it was a good... I, the video was okay. God, I hate it. But the song, that song, that had to been one of the most realest songs that I've ever penned. You want to talk about pain, passion? I don't think I'm. I'm I don't think I'm ever. I'm ever going to be able to write something the way that I wrote with "You May Die." Like I actually performed that in my church because it started as a poem. It was originally a poem, and I wrote it, and I performed that shit in my church, dude. And like at the last verse, I just broke down in tears because I. I felt what I was going through when I wrote that shit. Like, you want to talk about a person that was that didn't have that didn't feel like he needed to live, you know suicidal, like people just stepped on him and didn't know where he wanted to go with his life and nothing was going right. It was just damaged from years of bullshit that happened to him. Everything was in this particular song and I'm like, damn, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm able to do that again. That you want to talk about catching lightning in the bottle? Yeah, that was like the only time. Cause see, I was, I was in a super dark place when I did that shit. Like I, I was, I was ready to check out, man. That was it for me. I just, I just, I just, I just, I couldn't enjoy life no more. I just didn't want to do it no more. And 
You May Die was my, um, that was my exit song. That was my exit song. Like, time, time to close the curtains. One last time, you know, take my last bow. Go into my, my dressing room. The class is going to fade sooner or later. And I'm going to fade right along with them. And that was the mission. That was the aim. But I, I, I knew in my heart's of hearts, it couldn't end there. You know, I, there was I. I was literally met for something else. All this, all this negativity and, and this hate and this pain and this anger and this, this bloodlust and all this shit that was in my mind. This can't be it for me. There has to be something more. There is something more. You know, and I just kept running with that idea and that thought. So the music was starting to be more therapeutic. My artwork was. My artwork was starting to suffer, not a whole lot, but enough to the point that the only time I would do something would be, you know, an album cover for my brothers or someone needed me to do like a design or a logo. That's the only time I was doing it. So I started getting, so around the time when I was working on Vanguards and the Hellfire Club, so I was working on, now I'm working on two projects. I was doing the graphic work, doing videos. <laughs> God, I hate that video. And I was getting into silk screen. So we got, we got a microphone, we got a computer, we got PC, we have a vinyl platter, and we have a silk screen machine. Then we got a press machine. So I'm in this room, and I have all of my art and stuff surrounding me. There's no social life. There's no fun. There's no none of that. It's just work, 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 work. So I would sit here. I would make a beat. I would make like two to three beats with like in a half an hour. I would go from that, start sketching out a design. You know, my comic book world, it's not non-existent, but it hasn't moved. It's just, just sitting there collecting dust. Now I'm just strictly doing like like graphic designs, t-shirts designs and stuff like that. So now I'm sitting up here banging out designs and stuff like that, like t-shirt ideas for different people. Go from that, practicing on doing the vinyl plot and, you know, making my own t-shirts. Now I'm not even going in the store buying graphic tees, like people go to Walmart and shit like that. Graphic tees, what the fuck is that? You mean like this? You mean like this one that I had, the one that I created myself? This shit. I don't go to the store. I make my own. Yes. It says, I have a habit. It's not a box of cigarettes. It is a box of pencils. <laughs> this is for all my writers. So I don't go. I can't. If I go in the store now, and I'm like, if I can make it, I'm not going to buy it. That was, that was one of if the I best can... plugs I've seen anybody drop. <laughs> <laughs> I am a walking billboard. <laughs> but that's, this is where my mind was at around this time of, you know, the, the early ages, the early stages of the exoskeleton, you know. I'm now I'm seeing myself as my own brand. I'm seeing myself as my like my name. Like the whole doing the music videos and shit. The purpose of me doing the music videos is so we wouldn't have to go out there and try to find someone or pay someone to do these videos for yeah, us. You I know that. We didn't, we didn't have the money. Everybody had family. Everybody had bills. So now I'm sitting up here like, damn, how can we get ourselves out there? Who can we go to to take 
take a group photos and stuff like that. Who can we go out there to do album covers? Fuck, who can we go out there to go and like, yo, we need a music video, blah, blah, blah. Because I got to be that guy. And that's what ended up happening. You know, I brought a video camera and shit. I got a ver- I got FFX and that's how I ended up doing the videos. It was, the person that brought it was for my squad, was for the group. That's all and that's it. I don't outsource it. I don't like outsourcing shit. I'll do a graphic for you all day. I'll take a picture. I, I could do all that shit. But you want me to do portraits? You want me to do a video for you? I'm not doing that shit. I could deal with people with doing my artwork. I don't like dealing with people on other levels because people suck. And I might break your neck here or there. I'm trying to avoid that as much as possible. I don't do videos, bro. But I do videos. Weird, right? So... And also, oh, it makes sense if you're following that. It's really just you want the artistic control, the visuals of your own brand and those around you. And therefore, on a, we can't afford to get what I really want done right with the people that are within my budgets. I must compensate to get the best quality project without the frustration of dealing with inadequacies of what I can afford. Mixed with, you know, this art shit's a completely different thing, whatever, whatever. So. True. But that, see, somebody gets it. And. Also, around this time, um, the renaming and rebranding of Braun Fox turned into, um, shit, it was strictly red around this time. No, it was red armor, my apologies. So, it was just strictly red armor. And, of course, with anything, I do my research. And I went online and I checked. I'm like, all right, let me make sure nobody has his name. So don't want to buy any copyright issues. Surprise, nobody owned it. I'm like, all right, bet dope. Now I got to make a logo. And I had a different couple of different ones that I'm like, oh my God, they okay, but it's not nothing I'm going to scream. But like, oh, this is up. Even the, the original logo, I could pull this shit up right now. It was like a samurai, like side of his face and then red armor on the side. I'm like, ah, oh, that's okay. So now we have Red Armor, Vanguards is complete, Prism Guards, I mean, um, the Hellfire Club is next. <clears throat> People yelling at me because they want another solo joint from me. It wasn't in the wasn't in the cards. I'm literally pouring a Dr. Dre um detox out this mug. You know the, the great myth. About detox. Hey, when we how we want to get another detox? It's, it's it's not happening, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't happen. Maybe it happened multiple times. You just didn't know it. Other people has those beats, and that's what I was doing. I was like making beats for my next project, but I gave the first nine for the vanguards was part of my original project. The next nine for the Hellfire Club was a part of my next project. Never happened. So, and also around this time, I would meet by mistake one of the members of the guild, Mr. Brian Lyrics. Inadvertently, I met him first, which is, it was funny how that happened, but I would bump into him. So, that was. But early 2000s, I'm trying to figure out what else happened. Oh, a whole lot of other shit. Um, 
I was part of uh, my first mixtape, um, instrumental mixtape. It was called Banging Beats. So I was part of Banging Beats Volume 2, created by Marge Beats, who was actually a fucking boss. He's with his shit. I was on that. I was on um, the test bin. They had a mixtape called This Is Not a Test, where all the test, win, test bin contested winners had their songs on this one mixtape. So that was dope. And I was part of another mixtape called Heat Scope. Created by Prince Bilal. And I did the album cover for that. Oh, and I would pop up on TV a couple times because I performed at Taste International. I had my music playing down in Indonesia. I had my music playing down in Australia. The Indonesian one was interesting because the guy contacted me when Reverb Nation was pretty big. He hit me up. He was like, hey, man, I like your music. You might have played. I'm a DJ in Indonesia. I was like, oh. You're the first person to even mention Reverb Nation in a sincere way. God damn. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know Reverb Nation get a lot of flack. But it, hey, at that time, that was the only thing people had and they just gravitated towards. Yo, so. uh, no, with all the hate that Reverb Nation gets now, in 2012, I uploaded music to Reverb Nation. And yo, it was like it mattered a little bit. If you were able to get into the top twenty, thirty of your local little city on any one of these charts, other people of my city would like at least give you a little bit more of an eye look or something. Like okay, like because you're you're like there with their name, because they're looking right, at the right, same right. fucking chart. So like it just was a way to actually network a little bit by accident. It familiarized myself with certain people. And yo, in twenty twelve. Everybody and their brother was on Reverb Nation. Okay. Everybody was on Reverb Nation. We all have songs still on Reverb Nation. You know how I know? I logged in one time. I got moved up to fucking <laughs> number one or some shit. And I was like, no fucking way. And then they start giving me that. No, check it. So you move up to number one when you log in. The next couple of days, you start getting the ads as you start declining slowly in the charts. Then you drop to like 20. You're still getting the little ads. And you decline further and further. And then... I'm like, yo, there's no way other motherfuckers are upload. I uploaded a song to Reverb Nation. Nobody uploaded a song to Reverb Nation that was on these charts, okay? <laughs> nah, it's all fucking fake, okay? I bought bullshit on Reverb Nation's current algorithm. <laughs> yo, so I call bullshit. This is a goddamn lie. <laughs> Hating asses. But yeah, I had my shit up on that. And it was interesting that a guy hit me up. I was like, yeah, go for it. He hit me up like probably like what hour later. I was like, oh my god, man, people in here was going crazy over your music. I'm like, oh, that's what's up. No, he told me he was a DJ. I was like, all right, that's what's up. He's like, yeah, man, people was going crazy over your music. Like, man, I'm from Indonesia, huh? And I looked them up. Show sure fucking up, Indonesia. I was like, holy shit. Y'all understood what I was awesome. They love hip hop down there. That shit felt great. Like, that's, I'm pretty sure it's not in the the blow horn and people are like, oh, I got myself playing in Great Britain and Japan. I'm like, oh, stuff. But for me at that time, I was like, wow, hell, that's dope. And um, Australia. So it's pretty cool. To this day, <laughs> so, I still a love it when I see anything that's not Montreal in that list of places that play my music. And I still see people sharing it like, yo, big ups to the whatever. And it's always like four spins in like some random country. And it's like, 
on the one hand, I, I empathize because I am that guy. On the other hand, it's like, I don't know about sharing it, but I am that guy, so I totally feel like I want to share it, okay? <laughs> right. But you know what? Yes, take. Awesome. Just fuck someone one time. Something wrong with that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's early. I'm going to say that's just like a little bit more advanced EXO. So that had did that that still the 20 2015 2016 no 2014 2015 gap. So now the next phase order. Mm. So now <clears throat> we get into 2015 to now <clears throat> current. So now I am working in Working at Joseph Bank Men's Clothing Store. Working on music still. Doing a shit ton of my art. Um, no, no, no. Backpedal a little bit. Let me not jump so far ahead. So I end up doing um, two more videos. <clears throat> that better. One of them was from our self. Um, that's Wrongs Amongst Us. This track is called Erase. Um, shot in Graffiti Alley. Erase has to be one of my favorite oh, no. songs from off of that part. Graffiti Alley is exactly what it sounds what you hear. Whatever you think, if you think that it's an alley full of graffiti, you're absolutely right. It is literally an alley shit full of graffiti. And it's like I ever change the terrain. You'll never see the same artwork there. Like if you see it there that day. For that week, you're not going to see it the next time you go up there. I promise you that. And it is like, oh my god, I think I shot two videos. As a matter of fact, um, the one video, The Guild, which is our first video, um, Rush the Line, we shot that in Graffiti Alley. That's fresh. No, I really appreciate that. And then we see Abasa521 going, laugh my ass off, facts. True, Bill. So well, I fucks with how you see the world, man. I like that a lot. I, I oh, fucks with that thank a you, thank lot, you, lot. But yeah, I don't even know thank what that means. Um, sometimes you respond, sometimes you don't. You just roll with it. But uh, let's go back yeah. to what you were saying so, prior to that. So, yeah, so I did um, erase. That was the first one. The second video is uh, Revolution Music, which was awesome. Which is awesome. I love Revolution Music. Oh, that song. The crazy thing with Revolution Music is it's only a video, it's only a song, it's a single, but I never did nothing else with it. Um, I didn't even put it on a project. I think I just did that because I know people were zapping out at me about not releasing another project. Like, the Black EP is my first um, project since. There's once amongst us, which was in 2012. So we like fast forwarding it, and it was in, um, I did once amongst, I did the black EP, I think that was in 2020 when I dropped that one. Yeah, it was on my birthday in 2020. So yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, that's where Revolution Music came from. So all day. So now we're getting into 2015, and we're going to, Coast into now, <laughs> we are eventually going to end into the into the now. So twenty fifteen, music is still a big thing. My art 
is starting to pick up a little bit. Not the way that I thought, or not the way that I wanted it to, but it's picking up. So now Red Armor is called Red Designs. That's mm-hmm. the new name. I'm like, all right, so this is the name, and I'm going to stay with it. I made the logo for it and everything. The word red actually has an acronym. I'm going to get into the acronym because I had to, it's two different versions of the acronym, and I had to make a professional purge. <laughs> so we'll get into that. But the music side, I'm performing, doing shows yet again, you know, still open mics and stuff like this. Um, again, I said I met one of the guild members, I met Brian Lyrics. And then I end up meeting Sir Tizzy. Um, I met him physically during a wrestling event, but the way the group got set up, where all three of us was testing winners, George jumped on Twitter and said, Hey, it would be nice if the testing winners could like collab together and make like a group, a super group. And she tagged me, Brian Tizzy, and um, Arcia Kness. And shit, we was all game for it. Like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. So we all, I think we all met up on Twitter or on Facebook. And Tizzy, he not only gave up the name, but he also coined the phrase, believe it or live a lie. So what the name of the group when we call? He said, the Gill. I'm like, fuck, there we go. That's the name of the group. So we would, it would go from, you know, that, then we made a group chat. And we just all start talking and stuff like that, collab. And we sent out, we did the first song, which was Rounds. I mean, I'm not Rounds, my fault. Um, Rush the Line. No, Line. Round and Round. There we go. That's the first one. So we wrote to it. I would meet Tizzy and Brian. You know, we would all meet up. We met up at Tizzy's house. We started writing the shit was there. The way everything happened, the guy Baltimore Sun sent the beat. We heard the first two. We heard the first one. The second one is the one that we, like, agreed on. And we just killed it right then and there. Like, how everything happened was fucking beautiful. Um, <clears throat> also, around this time, I would end up meeting the talent and amazing Paula Shakespeare. I met her through Brian Lyrics. That's Brian Lyrics' best friend. I met her at um, Brian Lyric, one of Brian Lyrics' photo shoot, I mean, video shoots that he had um, called What's Love. He wanted me to be there. So I showed up, and I, that's when I met Paula Shakespeare. That was crazy because I had seen Paula Shakespeare a couple of times. I even seen her name thrown around in conversations, but to physically see her in Africa, like she's an awesome person. Like she's awesome in real life. Like, you know, I like her style. So all this was going on, and I'm still working on the music and working on my personal life and family and stuff of that nature. And also, this is around the time where I lost my father. And he was in a he was a very, very important figure in my growth as far as in being an artist, rather than artistically or musically. He always had my back. Like, <clears throat> I'm okay. Whatever. You're good. Shut up. Um, <laughs> you are good. I heard your stuff. I can say that. She, she's, she's a very modest person, and she, she gets on my damn nerves because she lot. knows she's good. But 
she's like, oh, no, I'm okay. And then she had her moments like, yo, I'm a fucking beast. But yeah, that's cool, though. I'm talking about you. That sounds very poet-like. What? Right. <laughs> She's good. She's on my damn nerves. I'm not even making any noise about. Shut up. She's on nah, my nerves. You totally something to make noise about. I heard your poetry right. stuff, and it was like banging. It was like dapped in soul. And like all sorts of stuff that isn't maybe my flavor in terms of stylistic choices off the jump. But when I sat and listened to it, I was like, wow, this is very delightful and touching my senses in a romantic, deep way. Like, Thank you. if I fucked with love poem shit, I would fuck with those love poems. And that's why I be trying to make me chicken in the foot. God. Um, that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> As my father, he that was like one of one of our special bonds because we both deal with the music and the art and stuff like that. And you know, I would I would leave my door open, <clears throat> especially if I knew he was home. I would leave my door open and just play music. He would come in and sit down, and we would start talking and stuff like that. And like that was our way of communicating, whether it be music or comic books. Cause he, he looked at comic book movies just like how I did. It was like a little friendly competition between us, like who would see a comic book movie first, like when they the whole all the Marvel stuff and I, I beat him. <laughs> so but yeah, I I lost him around that time and at that time that's when I I realized finally what my position was not only in life but in well not only in my family but in life period i was <clears throat> and and i am like that person that they all gravitate and come to like my brother like yo you the glue of the family you know when they whenever it comes to like the music you know or just being that period my father he even said like you know on his deathbed his last words was to me was, you know, it's you. Can't be nobody else but you. Like I, you know, I like can nobody handle this the way you handle it. Or the way you can handle it. And I never understood as to why he said that shit to me. Until I was looking down this grave I'm like, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I know why I was I know why you told me this. I know why I was built for this. You know, I now I no longer question like, damn, why am I doing all this shit that I know how to do? Why am I doing this? And now I know, you know, I I know the purpose. I know it's greater. If it, the purpose of me doing what I'm doing and where I'm going up with it and what I'm going to end up doing, it was greater than me from the beginning. And like now you understand. So just go for it, you know. So. But that, doing my music, doing my art, my artwork, being on Genuine, you know, working with my homeboy, um, um, my homeboy Keith, he has his clothing line called Mystique, and I've been working with him for like six years, probably more, and I did the design for him, and he got it put on the head. Genuine came to be in more one time. He gave the hats to Genuine. Next thing you know, I'm looking on Instagram and Genuine's rocking the hat. I'm like, oh shit, that's dope. That's dope as fuck. 
Now, recently, Genuine's in the studio, and what does he have? Another one of the hats that I made. I'm like, oh, this is great. I I feel like I won the lottery with this shit. I just add it to the resume. Just put it in my portfolio. You know, this is another notch. Um, the music is still going, was still going good. The Guild made their debut with our first song called Omega. That shit was fucking awesome. I love that song. We killed that shit. And then, next thing you know, we told him about how we both had a verse for Round and Round. Like, yeah, yes, Tizzy, I did tell him. So, so Brian, God bless him. God bless Brian. Brian, he, Trying to get Brian to memorize a verse or anything in that nature. It's like this man taking a fucking SAT. Like, he feel like he's like trying to cram for midterms or some shit like that. So, me and Tizzy, we sitting there, we listen to this beat, and we both just over there just. I see Tizzy writing this shit, and I'm a bitch, Brian, the phone. No, excuse me, I'm writing too. They say, no. He's like, y'all got my verse. I'm like, shit, I got my verse too, bro. We just start going back and forth. And Brian said, I'm like, wait, I got a verse too? <laughs> he just turned around, started writing like, yo, catch up. Because me and him, we going at it. And Tizzy came up with the, um, the course. The course is me. Damn, yo, I still got that song. I still have the song for, um, I still have the original round around. I have the original one in the remix for the, um, the project. Yes, it did not take us that long to do that shit. Like, that's one thing I can say about the guild. Whenever it came down to writing, like doing a project or doing songs or anything like that, I was able, I was able to write more with them than anybody else. Like, I was constantly. Like just writing bars, bars, getting verses and stuff together and stuff like that. Especially like if, if I know I'm in a funk in my head, I know they are working at this point in time. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta match that energy. I'm trying to get Brian to remember versus like waiting for me to get to <laughs> God damn it. That's funny as shit in this fucked up too. But she's not lying. Like Brian, he, God bless him, but he, he cannot remember a fucking verse to save. It's like what we looking like, dude. Seeing Brian memorize a verse is literally like you know, like always oh, gonna be a it's gonna be a blue moon or full moon before he memorizes verse. Like, well, goddamn it, the moon is full and Brian lyrics memorize the verse. So boom, there you go. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it was like whenever I know, like the whole so the whole um the first project, believe it or live a lie, and then the second project, Invaders. The whole writing process and stuff, I knew they was writing. I knew they was working. And it's it's a friendly competition. Who could outball who? And it's it's never it's never no beef. It was never no beef. It was never no mileage. It was always like, yo, I know such and such is on. Just gonna kill this shit. Okay, I'm lying. So this doesn't count as the third time I killed somebody, but it does count a time that I did bad. And for anybody that's out there that doesn't know or do know, if you own Believe It or Live a Lie, the song Rockin' with the King, there's a battle going on in that song. 
So Brian verse and my my verse was definitely a diss to Brian Larry's because at the end of his verse he dissed me and Tizzy and I heard that shit. My verse for my verse for um Rocket with the King I scrapped it because I heard what the hell Brian said. I was like, oh you dissing me? Here we go. I love you to death, bro, but I gotta kill you. That's exactly what happened. Shut your ass up, Tizzy. <laughs> no one's talking to you, sir. <laughs> because, no, man. I would have been fine with it had he not went at me the way he did. And I'm like, oh, you're dissing me. Mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. You won't get these. You won't, you're going to know why I do what I do to people. And boom, there it is. He was like, you just dissed me, I did. I really did. And I'll do it again, goddammit. Stop it, okay? Stop that you want to just diss me and just walk away from that. No, that's not going to happen. So, love you, Brian. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not going to happen again. Don't do nothing dumb. So, um, so we did that. Still didn't work on having, I be, like, at this. So at this time, I just been working with the guild. You know, unfortunately, I, I stepped away from the ICF with the Iron Curtain family. Something that I helped create, I just stepped away from it. And there, there's reasons as to why I did what I did. Not worth to talk about, but it had to. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yo, it, yo, so it did. Like, so Tizzy verse for Rockin' With a King, it kind of sound like he was talking about us. Because the way he jumped on, I was like, wait a minute. No one said nothing to him. Why is he barring us? He's like, no, that wasn't about you. I'm like, oh, all right. I want to say, like, come on, yo. God damn, right? No one did nothing. Why are you doing this? Like, stay out of it. <laughs> You're on a song. We're not talking to you. Cause he, like, if you listen to it, the way he jumped on, I was like, ooh. I don't know if I should take offense to this. I don't know if I should write another 16, Tizzy. <laughs> then I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to do that. It's just fine. He's not talking about me, so I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> but, um, so, doing Invaders, doing Getting Better with the Music videos, um, we would end up opening up because of um, Brian Lyrics. We had this, is it, so it was just a, we had this event here in Baltimore called Frozen Harvest Festival. So the best way I can describe it is the Frozen Harvest Festival is being more virgin of Woodstock in the winter time. It happens every February, like near the beginning or the end of February. It's literally a two day event, man, like a hundred plus acts everywhere. Just music everywhere. I'm talking about like all genres, we're talking about hip hop, um, metal, classic. R&B, folklore, country, like all that shit is just every fucking way in different places. All, all congealed in one area. And this uh, awesome experience. If you are a music lover, you love, love live performances, this is the end drinking and food, of course. This is the place to be at for two, two days in February. So Brian was one of the acts. He opened up for Onyx and he got the guild he we um he performed and then we came on at the end of his set 
So that was our first time performing together. And then the second time, we would be part of the Frozen Harvest Festival. The second, um, the second time around, and we opened up for Red Gold Rain, Meth Man, Red Man. That was awesome. We fucking, oh god, we killed that shit. Oh my god, we bodied the hell out. That shit was so fun. Um, so also around this time, I was working with um, Polish Shakespeare. And helping her with her first project, her first spoken word, which is called Freestyle Do I My Emotions, which is that's that's our baby. That's our brainchild. Like that that was literally nine, nine months of hard labor on both ends. She was pregnant and now was sharing the damn baby pains of the pregnancy. It was like it was a whole lot with that damn baby. Yo, so okay. <laughs> for some reason, whenever we perform, Tizzy microphone would get cut the fuck off. I don't know why that was happening to so, <laughs> but it happened. We was doing Rush the Line. I did my verse. Tizzy Parts comes up, and the microphone straight cuts off, and I had to quickly hand on my mic. Boom. He jumped on. Shut up. That one didn't suck. Shut up. So, um, that happened. Now, he was like, yo, I swear, if it happens again, I'm going to fucking go off. So, Frozen Harbor Festival come up again. And it's this time, it's the guild. We are performing. Rush Line comes on. Tizzy Park comes up. The microphone didn't cut off, but in my head, I was like ready because I had the microphone. I was getting ready to pass on lines, but his shit's still working. I'm like, all right, cool. That's what's up. God damn. <laughs> but, oh my God, that was like, for some reason, it was a typical thing. Only with him. Well, they, so I want to say it's due to the fact that Tizzy has a very commanding voice when he's on a microphone. And that shit, if their system and stuff like that is not well equipped. It'll phase it, phase it out. And I think that's one of the things that might have happened. She just jumped on and just, boom, killed mm. me. I'm like, damn. Sir Tizzy, <clears throat> is it possible that your vocal abilities overpowered microphones in a way that other people's didn't? Because if so, that's just a testament to your power. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, we call him, um, um, Lyrical Broly. Is that what the fuck he is? So, um, so, free sound through my emotion. What's a good time out? How you know the damn album sucks and you literally been telling me for the past couple of days that you don't listen to it? You haven't listened to it. So shut up. Um, hey. Good lord. Mem- memory <laughs> work. I respect that. Right, I kill you, girl. But no, that that album was good. Like to me, that was a good experience helping her, like with that album, like working on it, like the album cover. The music video that you seen, um, Flowing Ward, it's like how that came about. The whole thing was like super organic and it just, everything just flowed correctly and right. And I, I love the whole experience. Um, so all that happened. Red Designs became, it's, it started, it stopped becoming like one of those things that I was just doing just for the fuck of it and it literally start becoming 
um, like a way of life for me. It's, it really, it really turned into, it started turning back into the one thing that I wanted to do, the one thing that I was striving to do, which is to take my artwork, one of my God-given gifts, and do everything that I was supposed to have been doing with it. Like I've been pushing, I've been pushing this pen, this pencil, since I was four or five. And then everything led up to this point in my life that, you know, now I've been doing stuff with it. You know, um, started doing, I'm doing, now I'm starting, now I'm, I'm still doing t-shirts designs and stuff like that, but now I'm getting heavy into logos. Now I'm helping other people create that brand. And it's all starting with this little drawing that I'm putting together. You know, now people are, now people are starting to know other people because of the work that I'm doing. And I'm no longer sitting here fearing that, oh, no one's going to like my artistic skills. No one's not going to like my style and stuff like that. All that doubt, all that fear, all that shit disappear. And I'm like, you know what? Red Designs is literally a real thing now. And like, even down to like the style of portraits that I do, all that is, it's not nothing that I seen on YouTube. It's not nothing that I Google. The style that I'm doing was literally a Saturday, but it was snowing, and I couldn't make it to work. And my manager's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. You ain't got no business. You good. Just go home. I'm sitting down. I'm like, damn. I think I should try to do a portrait. And I did. I did a portrait. My first portrait was of my lady. And the style that I did and I created, I'm looking at it like, damn. I never seen nothing like this online, like digital artists. Like I never seen this, and now like I really feel like I just created something, and I just ran with it, and that's that's the style that I use to this day, and it's something that I'm real, real, real proud of. Like I'm super proud of it. Like I'm not confident in a lot of shit that I do, but when it comes to my art, can nobody tell me shit? That's well, <clears throat> I feel I feel dominant. I was looking at like three faces for a minute and I found myself just staring at them and it was pleasing. Like I said, I don't know art shit very well, but it was pleasing. It's the best I can give you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to describe it and I appreciate that shit. Um, it, it, um, It also goes to... So so I'm doing the logos and stuff like that. And now I'm returning back to my comic books. And now my comic book world is taking another form. So it's no longer the, the glitz and glam of the action figures and the, the powers. Now it's powers, but it's more on a more adult level or a more mature level, I should say. Not DC dark mature, but just more mature. Um, and one of the characters that I created is the golden face killer which is another name that i don't the mask um the influence for the mask is mf doom i see mf doom i was like damn you know this guy's he has a dr doom mask when he's going around he's like killing it but then i find out who mf doom originally was and the whole shit is solid x like oh shit, he was in the guy's face with that piece of shit i remember y'all Nice as shit. What's the purpose behind the mask, though? And he gave a good description about it, described it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I might go that route. And I seen this um, movie 
call for me. Um, call for me. Called Killer from Above. And the villain name was the Gold Killer. That was his name. I was like, Gold Killer. And I seen the mask that he had. I was like, oh shit, I like that. And I do distinctly remember working on my character, the Golden Peace Killer. I was like, you know what? I think I should change how he looked. And I took pieces of that and I applied it to my character. And I drew him out. You know, I'm like, damn, I like the way this guy looks. He looks stupid shit. Like, you know what? Maybe I should I should try this. Maybe I should find a way to either get somebody to make the mask for me or make it myself. And that's what I end up doing. Well, I didn't. I tried to get somebody to do it for me. I drew it up, sent it to him because the guy, he specialized in that shit. That's something I really wasn't good at. But I end up buying a mask and then I painted. And the mask that I've used on a normal basis and what I start to show up with is the mask that I, I decided to choose. So. That's the Golden Face Killer. Um, red Designs. The word red. So here's an acronym for it. React, engage, destroy. That's the original meaning of Red Designs. <laughs> the new meaning, because now I'm in a business aspect and I don't want to scare the shit out of nobody because of my military thinking, is redirecting energy directly. So, the meaning behind that one is this. Normally, when I get a client, say you want to get a logo from me, but mentally, like, it's like you know what you want, but you don't know what you want. So now you got all these ideas that you toss in there. The, the, like, all right, this, I wanted to look like this, this, that, and the third, but you know how this is, you know, it's all this energy is being tossed everywhere because you have this one idea. So I take that energy, I condense everything down for you, streamline it, and present it to you in a way that you could you could better understand what it is that you want and that you could possibly receive it. So I redirect that energy to you directly, like face to face, person to person. So now you understand more. Like, oh, you know what? That is what I want. So mm. that's my job is to make everything more easier for you <laughs> and more easy for me because I do have to draw this out for you. So. That's very fascinating. Um, Thank you. Not for real. I like that. I mean, professionally, I uh, work with designers and have had to make requirements and a few other things. So, like, I totally appreciate what you're saying on multiple layers beyond the, the more direct description you gave. But um, I do want to know about this third bodying situation. I, I was just about to get into it. Because I'm like, we, we, can't, we can't miss that. That has to happen no. now. Yes, the cult... The the third person. So, Miss Shakespeare, are you ready to go on this um travel down memory lane? Cause I am. All right, boom. So, it was in in December. I remember it because it was a house show that me and my my friend Kim, well my bestie. So now she sees this friend, whatever. So, um, <laughs> so I'm there, and I get a phone call from Polis. Now, Polis knew where I was at. Polis, she's the type of person, she doesn't bother nobody. Unless it's serious. Mm. So, she hit me up. 
I'm at the phone. I'm like, oh, and it was just so happens I was like on my way out because we had intermission. So I'm going. I'm like, yo, it's good. She's like, yo, we got a problem. I'm like, oh, what's going on? She said she explained everything to me. Like this guy, he disrespected me, called me all kinds of bitches and stuff like that. While I was on the air, while I was on the radio, because she was being interviewed by someone. And I'm like, oh no, like so, what's wrong? What you need? I like, you need a sixteen or you need the beat. She's like, oh, I need both. I'm like, oh, you calling the hit? She's like, yeah. I'm like, say no more. She tagged me in, you know, the little um, the little chat room, the comments. It was on Facebook Live. She tagged me in it, and I'm looking, reading, reading, reading. I put down at the bottom. I'm talking to quiet, and I start writing another thirty-two bars. The guy name is Section Eight. Oh my God, he looked like a he looked like a discount version of Ethan Hawke. You look like the Family Dollars Dollar General swap meet version of Ethan Hawke. I am not lying to you. Like he he literally looks like if they was to do Training Day, but on a very low budget, and his movie wasn't going to be shown on Sci-Fi, and you probably find like at the dollar rack. He would be Ethan Hawke. That's exactly how this guy looks. And I'm looking like, you got the nerve. And then I heard the one song that he had. I'm like, ah, 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 this is, this is, this is, this is, this is terrible. You know, you, you come off wrong. You talk bad about female. She's just playing around and stuff like that. You take it seriously. You, I'm behind the keyboard. Okay, bet that. So. I'm going to do you ugly. Roll the track to 50 Cent. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the damn song. I hate that shit, but I know the beat, as always. But the name of the song is called Guillotine. I actually did um, the cover art for it. Like, the, the artwork was fucking mean. Like, I love this one. Out of everything that I drew, I fucking love that one. Because, oh, God, it, it, it reminds I, I kind of feel like I tapped into... Um, the front cover for the swords. So boom, I did it. Record the song. Got poses on it in the beginning, talking mad greasy. Oh my god, she's talking greasy, and I love it. She's talking, <laughs> she's talking greasy in a way that shocked a lot of people. I'm like, look, I kind of needed that raunchiness on this track, and I just went in on it. I went in on his band so bad. I put it on his his YouTube page. I put the link, SoundCloud link, on his YouTube page. I was able to get it played on radio. I got the opportunity to put my artwork on the 52-foot billboard. I had to submit four pieces of artwork. The cover for the fucking song was in the floor, and it was going to be on this billboard for the fucking world to see. But the people sent back, like, oh, you got to choose another picture. We don't promote violence. I'm like, oh. No, they say we don't promote gore. I'm like, hmm. It's not really that gory. I kind of lied because it actually was. It was like blood and shit like that. If you know, if anybody out there ever seen the movie The Guillotine, when he when the guy uses the guillotine to take the head off, the head is still inside the basket. Well, this picture, his head, the guy that looked like the pickaxe Ethan Hawk, I drew his face and it's inside the fucking um, basket still. I'm just holding it. It's fucking awesome. So, I have yet to hear from this guy. 
Like, I don't hear from him. I, he hasn't made no music ever since. I actually decided to, like, look him up. Like, oh, what's he doing with his life? He's not doing nothing. Hmm. So, yeah. Def- so. Definitely continue yeah. the streak. He died. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's a good story. Um, so, how did you end up uh, getting to this current project that you released uh, last year? So, the Black EP was me sitting here like you know what i think it's time you know i did i did the projects with the guild i've been working with paul shakespeare i think like i think it's time for me to you know do something plus brian and tizzy literally has been yelling at me for the past couple of years um thank you so i appreciate you um like so we had this thing that i created because i love marvel so much we had phase we had phases that we was going to do the projects so phase one um brian and tizzy they already had projects coming out and it was like all right after, after everybody drops a project we would do an art avenger-esque release so you got you know the first movie the second movie and then the event well it's supposed to be the first movie second movie third movie adventures so it was like brian tizzy me believe it or never lie me brian tizzy invaders tizzy brian me such and such that's how it's supposed to go I broke the chain twice. I fucked up. So, <laughs> all, right, all right, well, you know, hopefully we do another album. They let me kick it off. So I finally, after years, I did the Black EP. Um, the Black EP was, I, that whole process of that was just, I was quiet about us. So I didn't really say nothing to nobody about the black people. Like I literally thought about the um the title of the album. I was at work. Working out in university. I was just sitting there, you know, catching on the Saturday, getting everything together. And I just looked down. I was like, you know what? I think it's time for you. I just told myself like it's time for me to work on another project. I just looked down, I was like the that the Black EP. So I know that's not what it was originally called. It was originally supposed to be called the Eager Tape. So the, now I'm beginning to hit a little bit more history. So the Eager was a group, was a, a, the name of a clan of ninjas. So you had the Eager and you had the Koga. Now the Eager and Koga, they was like a family clan, but something happened that separated them then became enemies i think it had something to do with um something to do with nobunaga and one of the fucking eager ninjas betraying them and then going over to the cold so it was like that created like an eternal beef between them well i just so happened to like the eager ninjas why i like eager ninjas because one of my favorite ninjas hattori hanzo don't say nothing I said, don't say nothing. Um, Hattori Hanzo was an eager ninja. And I'm like, and I love Hattori Hanzo. 
Samurai Showdown made me love. Oh, to come to find out that he's a real fucking person, I was like, holy shit. And I just did my research. I said, oh, like, like it's my eyes on. He's part of Eager. Oh, that's where I'm going at. So, boom. So, the Eager tape was going to be a series of songs that was based around the Eager Ninjas. And like, it was going to be like told through Hattori Hanzo's eyes. That was supposed to have been, that was the original project. But this shit just took a whole different, it just went a whole different route, like literally. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's, let's, let's do it. That's all I kept telling myself. Um, the first project, the first song, inadvertently, was Light Source, which that video is going to be redone. God, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> that was the first song. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna add that one. Rounds, rounds came later. Um, Solstice, the beat was produced by one of my co-workers when I was at Arbon Pen. His name Banging Beats, and it was just, I just found out he was like, "Yo, I make beats," and he played a, a couple of them. I'm like, "Yeah, yo, you nice as shit." He was like, yo, man, we can work together someday. Or, you know, collab. I'm like, yeah, cool things. And he sent me that um solstice. It was called something. Now so I was like, yo, I fucking love these people. Like, how much? He's like, no, nah, you go ahead and take these to have it. Do whatever you want with it. Just make sure I get credit. I was like, fuck yeah, you got that. And I killed that shit. I had to. I love that dude. Um, DNA. Shout out to Paula Shakespeare yet again. DNA is the name of her um, book, her first book that she published. She's an author as well as a poet. Um, DNA is short for Don't Never Assume. And she asked me in a group called BBK to do a song centered around her book for her, her book release. And because I have all this shit going up in here, I didn't submit my song in time, but I still did it. So if you listen to DNA, the first the first verse, the whole I, everything I was saying, I was using the first and I was using the first word, I mean the first letter in DNA. So don't never assume that the demons never sleep. So I guess that was the format. Like the first you hear DNA in the beginning. Of every at the beginning of every fourth bar in the first verse. That's how I like plan it out right there. So don't never assume that the demons that sense of concepts. See these daily like the daily news actually reporting the transaction, how we fight with self, constantly fighting the shut the fuck up, constantly fighting the transactions. <laughs> stop plugging me. This is all about you, and I'm an authorist. So how you want to tell me to stop? But then you. Correct me, yes, she's an author. How you gonna correct me? That makes sense because she's correcting you on some gender norm shit, not correcting you on some center of attention shit. So that's actually an astute correction to make. Uh, and I, I accept that personally. There's a distinction there. Yeah, okay, then she's been, hey, we, we I, I had, I had a, uh, an unwritten rule and or agreement. Like, so we're talking about my origin. Believe it or not, the people that helped propel me and pushed me as far as in my origin is concerned 
those people have to get highlighted because I wouldn't have his origin. I wouldn't have his origin if they, you know, wasn't part of it. Like my lady, I mentioned that she's a good artist. She helped. I got that part in total. Right, like entirely. You're welcome. That keep telling you take the win, jerk. Um, <laughs> like my lady, I said she's a great writer. She helped me with my my comics and stuff like that. She helped me with the stories. Hell, she didn't help me when she took the picture for the. As a matter of fact, I'm tripping. She took the picture for the um, There's one of the monsters, and she actually did the cover for the Black Eat Peak. That's her work. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just put the letters and shit down there. She did that. That That's was all really her. Cool so. Cover. So shut up, uh, because that's a cool cover. I liked it. Right. No, but I really fuck with the uh, giving flowers to the people that are contributors to your success, and it should be done, and it should be popularized, because, yo, the idea that we do things on our own and shit, like, nah, it's not real to me. Everything in my right. life is the byproduct of a lot of other people graciously giving me their time and energies, allowing me to redirect them into flows I liked better. Exactly. See, and I, and I and I get. I understand. Like you know, you you know this about you right now. Well, there wouldn't be no me if it wasn't for you. So, and my if, dude, and if we totally shut the hell run up. A time ratio. Like you, uh, you gave a chunk to her. Facts, but like this has been mostly about you. So I accept that you you were focused for like until what the three and a half hours in, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna give flowers criticism yeah <laughs> right 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 i mean i you, you kind of have to because you, you so for a large period of my life there was really not a lot of intricate gears mm. that helped me get here it was literally my footwork mine is of course i kept mentioning my um my oldest brother died you know if it wasn't for him showing me about comic books and stuff like that i wouldn't be drawn so I definitely gave a huge shout out to him. But the music and stuff like that, like, you know, I, I learned tons, shit tons, working with Brian, Tizzy, Polis, Street Sky, my brothers, a whole lot of people. But the ones that was there, the ones that's there consistently, mm. Brian, Tizzy, Polis, I'm that they definitely have to mention them. I would oh, be I, wrong if I didn't. I agree so, with you, man. I see the world like I, that as well. That's part of why I love this. That's why I like to go as long as we do. Um, yeah, we go, it's, we go it's this, awesome. Because, like, it gives people the chance to really think about stuff like that. And honestly, I've spent the last... I only really got into it, like, for real reals in November. So for the last four or five months, it's been, like, this reflection of my own life. And it's been really interesting to think about the significance of different people. And it's, it made me really realize how little anything is solo. Like, however much you want to go a different way. I mean, I prefer yeah. hands too to flowers, to be fair. But the expression is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, she she loves pens, dude. Real quick, and I'm going to get back to um the Black EP. We was at an event. I'm trying to remember which one it was. She, she loves pens. She's a bit of a klepto when it comes to pens. And, like... I forgot what, where we was at, but I remember how, like, yo, watch my back, or, like, make a distraction. I'm like, why? I should just start taking pins from off at the table. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you? Oh, my God, put in my pocket. Let's go. <laughs> like, 
you're, you're using me as a fucking accomplice, dude. Like, you know what? This is how we have fun. All right, let's let's come on, let's go. So that that's <laughs> good boy. Um, uh, the black EP, I, I end up doing videos for. Him. Um, I did rounds. Like I said, it was funny that you was listening to how many because I was working on that one. That's like almost done, actually. Um, produced by Street Scott. Shout out to my brother Street Scott. He produced it how many? And it was, he makes me so mad. So I was actually on the verge of being finished with the Black EP. It was only supposed to be five tracks. And I'm like, good. I got I got all the songs. You know, I done wrote everything. I recorded everything. I'm sitting on a couch looking at, not looking at a horror movie. And I get an inbox from Street. Check your email, bro. When he said those words, I just... Well, here we go. Check the email. He was like, yo, I can't hear nobody else spit off of this but you. I played the beat and I immediately fell in love with him. I'm like, oh my god. I just tell him about yo, I fucking hate you. <laughs> Why? Because I was almost done and now I got a right to this. <laughs> I have to. I wasn't going to just sit there like, no, nah, y'all get back to it later. No, I'm going to burn this down. And I, I'm glad I did because I mm. love that song. So I was literally done. Like, I had my five. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Here he come with this. I'm just shaking my head. I hate you. I love the shit out of you, but God, I hate you for doing this to me. No, so, that's, those are great moments. Like, those are the best it problems. Is. Those are good people. Those are what I call <laughs> happy people problems. Because that's a happy yes. people problem if I ever done heard one. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Oh my god! It, but it's awesome. It, we we have we have a, a knack for getting on each other's nerves like that, and that was one of those moments. I'm like, yep, it's been a while since you did this. So kudos to you, sir. Until I end up doing something, just hit me up. Like you know what? You made me sick. Ah, I love you too, bro. So, um, it's fresh. Yeah. I like the bike EP. This was actually it was to me it was good. It was it's good. Super, it was a good way to come back. So like I guess I heard a bunch of it a couple of times now. And um mm. honestly it's really it's really cohesive, really well put together. I noticed the song lengths are like in line with modern algorithmic trends. Like there's a lot of things you did that are like hip with it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I try to be different on this one. I know my last project, um, there's one of monsters. I had a lot of features on it. I really didn't have a lot of solo tracks on that. Um, this one only had one feature, and it was basically it was it was DNA. It was bonus. That was it. Bottom mm -hmm. line. So <laughs> secretly, there's two features. I didn't highlight the second feature. There's there's a reason behind that. But the set the last song, as a matter of fact, the um the I choose you. Yes, um, my lady, she's on there, and we're talking about how we met. And that was that was the purpose of that song. We talked about how we met, how I met your mother. So no, it's, it's honestly <laughs> like that's that's probably my favorite. <laughs> oh man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I actually like that song. That song's pretty dope. I always wanted to touch that sample too. That the international players anthem, Andre the Thousand verse. 
that that's my shit. I love his verse because the way he did it, he get to me. He got the fuck off. Oh my god! No way, me wrong. It's a good verse, but like to me, it's just the second you get that sweet childs, the second that kicks in like that, I'm just done. Oh, it's um, Pimpy. Yes, yes, sweet childs. What's this? A cheesy? Never ever fuck that. I don't know. That's it. It's hard for me to like. Look, Andre is still like. I was thinking about it. Like, there's a lot of good parts on Andre's part. It's spacey and out there. Um, how much features is too much for you? And can too much features? That's a good question. To, to me, if you have like a a twelve track project, and out of the twelve, you have five features, it's too much mm. to me. If you have features, I would say like three max. And the reason why I'm saying that, especially if you are, <clears throat> especially if this is your first one, mm. you want people to know what you're capable of. Can you hold a whole album down by yourself without having features on there? This is this like is just that. my this is my philosophy. Like now, if you have a if you have an album on there. And the features like do like the course, but they probably come on the end to talk shit or something like that. That's fine. That's nothing wrong with that. But if you have an album and you literally have features on that, like doing verses and stuff like that, jumping on with yourself like that, and you really don't have you don't have solo songs, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. How can, how are you gonna be able to go do a show? Mm. And your album has mad features. You might not be able to get to these people. So, you got to be able to hold this shit down by yourself. It's so interesting that you say that. Only because <laughs> maybe I'm just thinking about it. Because my next project I'm working on is going to basically be as many features as I can get on nearly every song. But I have a whole bunch of shit I can go perform by myself. I don't really need to. See, see so so if, so you, you have a balance. You got to create that balance. Mm. No one is going to... No one's gonna, if you're coming out the gate, yeah, I mean, and it's just you and a whole bunch of other people, they're like, "Oh man, what can you do? Can you okay. like, can you really entertain so, this whole crowd by so yourself?" The idea of a collabos album down the line, <laughs> once you've established yourself with a good amount of solo material, is an acceptable <laughs> move. It's just the idea of doing it off the jump is dangerous. Mm-mm. Is everything okay? Yeah, just uh, so <clears throat> right. So, um, but yeah, people gotta know that you can hold the shit down. Now you said a collabs album, that's dope. You know, that's dope as shit. That's to see, and that, and that's. Your concept, you know, a whole album class, that's cool. Like DJ Khaled, he does. You know, it's a couple of people that do it. But for that to be your first album. Yeah, okay. No, I, I, I agree with that. Like, I, I didn't even want to play nice with people at first, personally. I just thought about it for myself. It has to do with a bigger plot in my life. Like, it's really attached to a story arc where I want to do this. It's not like a random thing. 
But I was just thinking when he's like, man, I'm going to have like features on practically. No, but to be fair, the first song is going to be just by myself with no features. So it's. Right, right, right. Cool. But like, like cause, I mean, it is what it is. But like, uh, I just think it's an interesting question because to me, the answer is whatever the fuck makes sense for the project. That's true. That's, a, that's actually a better answer, to be honest with you. Because I don't know how to answer it uniformly. Like, yo, what if like. What if the first project you have really is this this great opportunity and it just happens to be like the best, like you come up with this like album where you get voice actors to come in as different rappers to play, you know, like who knows? I'm not saying it. I just want to diminish the weird, obscure things that could break the rule. I just want to say that there are opportunities where it could be cool. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Although sure, sure. in principle, I completely agree with you, and it took like you know, I completely see what you're saying because you do have these albums that come out, especially in mainstream, mainstream releases. Where sure the core fan base knows who these people are, but then you break into this mainstream realm where all of a sudden you're it's basically your first album in the eyes of everybody, and it's like yo, literally every. And I know this is an album reviewer. Where it's like, yo, literally, I don't know how to fucking get into this because it's every song is catered to the features, and that's the danger of it being so feature heavy. But <clears throat> I guarantee you, to the core fans, that shit was just dope because they already fucked with that shit back in mixtape day, back in the day, back in the day that we never saw type thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, true. So, so yeah. I, mean, I just look at it like. Uh, I don't know, but I agree with you because the truth is, it's a dangerous marketing move. I will personally, be, yeah. so it's like it's hard to say. But then again, who knows what people want out of this? Some people don't really want the fame. The fame falls upon them, and then all the all the things <laughs> like it can get really like out there. I've tried to like scale back what my desires are so much just to try to look at it more like uh, kind of like what you do with your your design uh, elements. That's how I'm trying to look at music more because I got really kind of critical with it and it was less fun. So now I'm trying to like make it magical again and think outside the box and go back to the shit I cared about when I was 19. Because that was simple. Right. That was a simpler time in terms of deciding what I liked. I just like shit. You know, I didn't think as much. Right. Right, right, right. I can dig it. They um, had that young mind again. <laughs> I'm really trying to fuck with it. I'm trying to talk to like 20 year olds to get like inspired and shit because, yo, the youth is so fucking cool. Um, I digress. Uh, um, what's next for you? And I don't want to like, like rush it, but it is is he's getting to the point. No, where yeah, like... yeah, write that shit up, B. <laughs> um, <laughs> so right now, currently, art is a major is a major thing with me right now. The music is, is there. I would be so bold to say that it's actually getting ready to take a back seat. Um, I do have two to three features that I'm going to be doing soon. One with, um, a young lady, her name is Eva Rhymes. Um, me and her are working on, but we worked on one song, the video for it called Who We Are, which is actually pretty damn dope. When it drops, it's going to be fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm working with another gentleman named um Brian Scott. Um we just just did a song called Those Hills and we'll be working on the song called Phoenix Rising. Um and then I'm gonna be doing a feature with 
another gentleman by the name of You'll Never Know. I'm actually writing my verse for that now. Nice. Um, I believe after those three, I oh know it's and there's a fourth and there's a project I'm gonna be working on. I believe after all that, I am gonna slowly fade into the background and just strictly art. Like right now, currently I'm doing logos, doing designs. I just revamped the design board with designs. I'll possibly be showing that before we leave any yard as we should check that you'll enjoy. Um no, I don't I really don't <laughs> listen to the radio like that. Like that I'm not gonna answer. lie. That was a good and it's like I it, it, I just can't I just can't. I can't. Oh, it's like it's, it's like noise over beats. That's all I'm hearing right now. Just it. Yo, noise over beats. If you were to go on a journey with me for three hours, I could bring you to a place where you see it differently, but you might not want to do that, and I totally respect that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's out there, but I haven't heard, like, no. nothing like, oh, man, the scream about I'm like, uh-huh. No, that's fair. Uh, I agree with Ismail. <laughs> it's mad fair. Like, you do your thing. It's great. Your music's beautiful. You want to fade into art. I mean, literally, it's like, that's what you were just saying, you know? So it's like you don't even yeah, have the same reason I do to keep up with it. No, I mean, no, not right now. Currently, like, it's the music's there, but it's not, it's not as important as it once was, once upon a time ago, like, my art is literally doing exactly, God damn it, literally doing exactly what I wanted it to do. You know, and it's going in the direction that I was aiming for. So that's that's my thing now. So now I'm working on my, picking up some more abilities and stuff. Um, I'm getting into um, 3D um, modeling. Oh my gosh, Thank you, thank you. Like You're the right. end goal um, and the end goal for me, no, you good, you good. The end goal is to take the characters that I've created and <clears throat> do like make my own like minor action figures and stuff like that. Oh my so, gosh, dude, that's fucking ridiculous! In, a, in the best possible way. Thank you, thank you. Nah. So this is this is the this is the new logo for um Red Designs. Yeah, it's fresh. You're thank so you, talented, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Dude, that, I look that's, forward that's... to seeing what you do next. You're one of the more interesting people I've talked to for a few reasons. Um, Thank you. Honestly, I um, your stuff's been, in theory, linking throughout whatever. We're going to link everything below, after, and all the videos that come later. All the good stuffs. We have it. <clears throat> we appreciate awesome. you coming through so much. Honestly. Thank you, man. I had fun being here. This is awesome. It's awesome shit. I feel like it's cool. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, not everybody goes this late. Um, so usually when it goes this late, it's a good, good time. Um, and I don't say that. I say it only ever at this time. So I sound like an asshole, like all tired and shit. It is what it is. I stopped drinking coffee along the way because it was making me pee way too much. So that's how I can make it through now with less coffee. Um, so I'm just like dead at this time. But yo, I had a blast. And fuck, man. Yo, you have no idea how into VR I am and my, my desires and futures. And so when you said 3D model, I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can't start that conversation. We'll be here till 1130. I can't do yo, it. Yo, what? <laughs> 
but you, I want you. to so fucking bad. Like, it would be a pleasure to bring you back in the future. I know for a fact that we could just shoot the shit about whatever for like four hours and oh, it'd be yeah. a blessed time. And I would hell love to yeah. do that for sure. Um, definitely a lot more questions and oh, yeah. like in general. I would I would ask, but like your mind is is amazing. Uh, you're like a walking thank superhero. You. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, so thank, thank you. you for all of the knowledge nuggets and the good time. And uh, at some point soon, all clips will appear on this, and then down the line, the full video will come out and all that good shit. Thank you, audience, watching peoples and the different platforms that came and went. Uh, appreciate y'all for real reals. It's without you, it's boring. So you made it not boring. So thank you for that. Um, and for the people watching in the future, I don't see you, but you make it more sustaining and make it like, yay, people everywhere. Thank you for being part of it. Subscribe, like, comment, Thank all you. that Thank good you. shit. Um, we are going to raid 514 online mix because they're the home people's, they're the coolest media source in Montreal, and they finally on fucking Twitch. So we're going to raid them and give them the love that they deserve. So make sure you hit that follow and fucking give all the loves to the 514 online mix people's. Um, and yo, special thanks to the patrons. It's Mugget MC, Chris Pratt, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble the Dope to support what we do. If you're on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, it's free to hit that sub button. And if otherwise in the future, patreon.com slash behind that suit. On that note, everyone, it's been super lovely. Uh, do you have any last words before we, we bounce off? Love, peace, and happiness. Like, no. Thanks, everybody. I, I truly, truly appreciate y'all. This is awesome. Thanks to everybody signing on. Tizzy, Polis. If there's anybody out there that knows me and I don't know who your handle is. Oh, my fault. Donald, love you, bro. If there's anybody out there that knows me but I didn't know what your handle was, love you. Thank you for signing on. Y'all guys been awesome. Y'all been great. Fresh, yeah. So live long and prosper, everyone. I'm going to start the...